Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark 155 of Geeks Chasing Squirrels across the multiverse. You know the old saying, glutes are cute, but obliques are for freaks. <laughs> They're right. <laughs> we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. And finally, we get to review a new movie. DC has put out Black Adam, the long-anticipated Black Adam. We all got a chance to see it opening night, and we're going to talk about that. But we have some other stuff as well. House of the Dragon, penultimate um lower decks penultimate and andor continues to roll along so not as many shows this week but we have some fun stuff to talk about with me as always my homies sarah and ross sarah what's going on i think i'm good for the most part it's friday the week is over it's um it's been interesting got to um hang out at the fair on tuesday which i think ross you got a chance to do that too we're talking about the state fair in raleigh north carolina Mm -hmm. um ate too much food i think i'm still feeling the effects of it but hey that only once right it's once a year right i'm glad it didn't happen to, i didn't go today because i probably would have ate my whole body weight <laughs> <laughs> there are a few days a year that you're allowed to just pick out on whatever you want to thanksgiving of course and you know anytime you go to a fair i i would i would consider that another one although fair going to a fair and eating is totally different than going to like an amusement park and eating yeah you know like i want to eat fair food oh, yeah. i do not want to pay for food at an amusement park Fair food, like, there's like certain things thing. to expect. Right. <laughs> want everything yeah. fried, number one. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend the fried cheesecake. That was phenomenal. I didn't um, even see that until the end. I finally came across it. And then I was walking further down and I was like, oh, what was the other thing you said? Pigtails? I was like, oh, there's that. Yes. Oh my what gosh. That was so good. It's basically a skewer and it's got bacon and then it's deep fried, you know, with the batter. Mm-hmm. And then they put um, maple syrup and powdered sugar, which I didn't get the powdered sugar because it always blows everywhere. But it was it was almost like eating. It tasted like eating like pancakes and bacon. That's <laughs> it, insane. It was so good. Sounds delicious. Yeah. Hungry all of a sudden. Uh, well, Ross. It's been a fair day. Yeah. What can I say? Yeah. I did not get to go to the fair this year. My daughter did get to enter some artwork into the fair, but I didn't get to go. So, oh, yeah, which is absolutely enter, amazing. Win. Oh, enter and win. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. And absolutely she might be doing amazing. some some fan pages for some uh, some some stuff here pretty soon. So I'll keep y'all posted on that. It'd be pretty cool. Well, um, we usually start with our House of the Dragon, but Cody's not here right now. He's doing the uh, C3 Panthers podcast uh, sure Friday free for right all. And I can only imagine <laughs> that tonight after the news is it's uh, it's a pretty crazy night. Now they got rid of we got rid of our only piece. Really, the only chess piece we have, uh, just about. And Christian McCaffrey's gone. You know, I put in the show that we we're probably going to talk about this a little bit, and I'm sure Cody's got a lot going on. There's probably a million people on the show and in the chat room right now. So, <laughs> instead of starting with that tonight, we'll uh, we'll hold off on that for him because I know he wants to uh, talk about House of the Dragon. So, y'all want to get started on some quick like lower decks? Yes. Yes. Dude, we got to catch up. We didn't talk last week. Yeah, we didn't talk about last week. So I'm going to start with Sarah, mainly because she's the Star Trek. She's my Star Trek guru, and um, um, I don't remember as much of last week's episode because I was getting so much stuff together, and I've just been so overloaded with new content this week. You know, I'm catching up on Rebels and reading uh, Fire and Blood, so, like, I've got a lot of stuff I'm catching up on. So, Sarah, start talking about it, and I'm sure it'll jog my memory, and we'll get going. So, let's go. Well, it starts off, um, they're in a holodeck. Um, you've got Boimler. He's... Um... In one of his, what do they call it? I have to look at it. It's like what the crisis point, which apparently it's like their oh, yeah. movie. 
Yeah, uh, two. Now, okay, now I remember. Yep. So they were in the midst of doing that. So basically, you had the Cerritos that was under fire or whatnot, and then he had oh god, what was Boiler's character's name? I can't remember off the top of my head, but he oh, comes Captain Dagger. Uh, yes, it's, <laughs> he comes sweeping in to save the day. But um, but yeah, it's like I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to think back because I watched this at like eleven thirty at night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what is this? They're doing it running a simulation where they're creating a movie. Mm-hmm. Is this this is just something to do in their free time, I suppose? Well, it's almost like um, in Voyager, you had um, Paris and oh god, and Kim. They did their um, they had some kind of like black and white. It was almost like um, a Noir. Flash Gordon type thing they were going yeah. on. Was it Captain Proton? Oh, so I can't even remember those names. So that's that's something like they would like do, and it was, it was cool because it was black and white. It was, and um, I think Captain Janeway, her character, I can't remember. It was like some kind of spider thing or whatever. But it was just like they go in. And it's just kind of just like just for fun. Same thing with Next Generation. Picard would go in, and um, he would be, oh shit, what was it, Dixon? He was like a private investigator, like you know, like from the what forties or something along those lines. So it's, and even with Captain Janeway, she'd go in and she would have um, holodeck programs where she would be talking to, oh, who was it? Um, oh shit! Oh, it wasn't it wasn't Galileo. It was um, Da Vinci, where she would like just you know it's just that that's just programs they create just to, for fun. Oh wow, I remember that now <laughs> that you just yeah. brought that up. That's why I know kind of jumping a little bit, but like with the next Picard, that's where that's where Moriarty comes from because that was in uh, Picard's, or it was like one of the holodeck programs or whatever. So, anyway, sorry, that's my squirrel, but um, yeah, so they were you know doing their little movie and whatnot, and apparently Boimler got some bad news and like totally brought his, I mean, just like destroyed his chill, and then um. Of course, Beckett's like, what are you talking about? What are you doing? You know, let's do this, this, this. And Boyne was like, oh, I don't care. You know, whatever. You know, and, you know, Boyne was not being his, you know, normal, cheery self. So then they go through, and I'm trying to think, what was the, help me out, Ross, here. What was the actual issue they had? <laughs> oh, it was William, the twin. Uh, yeah. The, it was pronounced dead. Um, oh, how did he die, though? Uh, gas leak, I think is what it was. Yeah, it was um, like in his sleep. Yeah. And then Boyman was like, oh my gosh, it's like, that's like a horrible way to die. So like, he didn't even do anything. But, um, so, so he has an exact replica of himself. Like, yes. have we ever seen this in the show before? Or is that just not okay, in this show? Remember, not in this show. Okay. No, we, it, we've seen his, his clone in this show. Haven't we not? There's a whole recall. episode about William. Hmm. Yeah. I think it was like the, uh, not in this season. I think it was in the finale of, Actually, you know, of, uh, last season, I, then I think about. It, I do remember something about that in the finale last season because we were wondering what was going to happen with him, and because he got to go on a better assignment than mm-hmm. this Boimler did, and so right. that was the whole the whole thing is that you know, like he felt comfortable with the other with. It wasn't like a natural born twin. Whatever it was came from a situation, um, mm-hmm. and cloned himself essentially, and his clone got to go and like live out his dream of like. I don't know. I don't know why I want to say Enterprise, just because it's the name. It always gets dropped for ships, but he definitely got a better posting than uh, this Boimler did. So it really reigns true to the fact that their little movie that they're making mm-hmm. is in a universe that's called the Vindictiverse. 
And so <laughs> it's very funny because like, you know, everyone's trying to um, more or less find happiness, I guess, you know, when you're a lower decker and you're an instant, you're at the bottom of the bottom. So they're all trying to reach higher up and it, think about how cool it would be, you know, like what if you were in control and you were the one that made all the decisions, that's mm-hmm. the fantasy they get to live out literally a couple doors down maybe from where they actually sleep at night. So how cool is that? Mm-hmm. But William, William gets to break, uh, he ends up breaking. Oh, why am I forgetting this boiler's first name? What's his first name? Bradward. Bradward. So um, he breaks his whole spirit just by, you know, passing away from a, a gas leak, which comes full circle kind of at the end. So really how so I don't recall it coming full circle at the end. You can go because ahead and William's it. not dead. Oh, well. William is going to go to uh, section 31, which is like the, the, yeah, they- the dark side of the <laughs> um, Starfleet. It's where all the, the dirty CIA stuff goes down. So, so dropping seeds for future shows. Oh, most likely. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like I said, I, I'm the end was the part that I didn't pay the most attention to trying to get caught up with the show last week. So that would definitely be a part I would have missed. And that's kind of a, that's crazy. Kind of makes me want to go back oh, yeah. and watch it, but hmm. it's just a real quick blip. I mean, it literally is what, like the last 15, 20 seconds of the episode, I think, but just enough to kind of throw you in there. Um, I know that uh, I found enormous humor. Was it uh, oh, Stevens leaned against the warp core? And so when they're dragging him in, like in like a background scene, what I love about this show is that all the background stuff that happens, it reminds me almost of, um, it reminds me of like Rocco's Modern Life, you know, like when that show was on TV, yeah. you know, there's always stuff happening in the background that you didn't really pay attention to. And in this show, like when Stephen's thing on the work core, he was dying and like melting, like a nuclear death. <laughs> and so yes. it was real funny seeing them. Yeah. Oh. Um, I'm trying to think, I don't really remember as much about last week's Do y'all. Was there anything about last week's y'all wanted to bring up or y'all want to move on to this week's? Cause I do remember this week's just watched that one recently. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I got is I was a little, uh, they played the opening scene, I think, uh, at Comic-Con for one of their trailers. And so when you think that Boimler is actually going to be bold Boimler and like be in charge for some weird reason, he, you know, so many steps down would lead him to be in a captain's chair. I was, when I saw it in, uh, uh, in their little creation world, I was like, Oh, that kind of sucks. I kind of wanted to see whether it be him or William Boimler, see actually what came of it. But, when you say they show their part at Comic-Con, what, which little clip are you talking about? Well, they did like a teaser trailer and um, it opened up with the scene where uh, the captain was thankful that the Wayfarer came through okay. and, you know, Bormler was in charge and Beckett, which like I said, her name being Commander Doodle is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you want your name to be? I don't know. Doodle. <laughs> But there was also some other cool stuff. Now, now I remember some of the stuff because it had like the um, the time jumping type deal. Because remember we had like this, the crystal they were trying to keep from, what was it, Romulans? Yes. And did you hear a little name drop from a little coastal area that we happen to um, be familiar with? With uh, Kitty Hawk? Yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought it was funny. It was like how um, Beckett was like, oh, well, go in time. What like 
you know, like stop Kennedy assassination or, you know, that kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, that's just crazy. But just seeing them going back and forth, you know, with like with the time stuff, that that was hilarious. That was hilarious, <laughs> especially um, Rutherford trying to steal the clothes off the folks from 82. I'm like, oh, my God. He's like, oh, this jacket, only these pants don't fit. Can we go rob somebody else on the pants that fit? Rutherford's by far. I'm loving him. Like, Every he, he's great. Yeah. <clears throat> and then um, Tendy's getting mad at him. She's like, "Why don't you take this serious?" He's like, "Like this is fun." I'm like, "Oh, that's right," because they were doing their own side arc. Yes, because mm-hmm. they're they the one kept that the was chasing, going. trying to get the um, yeah. crystal back. So. Uh, I remember Sulu was thrown in there. They're talking about Captain Sulu. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the context of it though. No, they went to, they were, um, they ended up somewhere like a ranch and it, they had Kirk oh, on the yeah. mailbox. And so when they walked yes. in, they were, I guess, expecting to see Kirk and then they saw Sulu. <laughs> oh, and not your future that you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good. That's what I love about Lower Decks. I mean, it's just, it's, it's like they have their own little adventures, but yet, like I said, you still kind of drop these Easter eggs and, and it's it just makes box. it fun. It's just fun. Yeah. That's a it's great way to describe it, Ross. It's a toy box. It is a toy box. You yeah. get yes. to go in and play. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, they, this week's episode, uh, they do it even more. <laughs> well, it's so fun because y'all know so much more about Star Trek. Like, y'all see so many more things than I do, and it's so great. But I still watch the show and enjoy mm-hmm. it so much more. So it's like even not even knowing the little bitty Easter eggs they put in or little bitty drops they have, it's still just a fantastic show, fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about the way you described it as the things going on in the background. You you described it as Rocco's modern life. And I'm like, that's a really, really good comparison right there. Cause that's kind of the way Rocco's modern life was, which is a great show too, by the way. Um, um yeah. Um, well, y'all want to go this week's episode? Yep. Because this week's episode was kind of crazy. I, I couldn't, I knew it was episode nine. It felt like a finale to me until maybe the last minute of the episode. I was like, wow, okay, I could see them making this finale and setting up for next season based on where they've gone with this one. Um, but I guess they have one more left, so this is the penultimate. Mm-hmm. But it was a pretty good buildup, um, the show-wise. There's, once again, another show being done this within the show. Like, last time they are doing a movie, this time they're doing a documentary. And they're being kind of um, examined, I guess you'd say, or interviewed. And I like how the mm-hmm. captain has picked all the people she wants to, in, to, to be interviewed because she thinks that they're going to tell them the best stuff in the world. And we also end up seeing what happens. This was a very Mariner heavy show mm-hmm. this episode. So, which is great. Cause I love that character. So what did y'all think? It about was this heavy, but it, it wasn't like, it was, a. it was heavy in a way to where you're, it's not it, like it wasn't on the nose. I mean, I think the whole entire episode did really good. Just pointing out the fact that, you know, she was upset and something was clearly happening. And I love the twist that they did with the end of it. Um, the Well, at the beginning, the whole thing being Project Swing By, I just thought that that name was simply funny. I was like, hey, because <laughs> how many times have you said that to someone before? Like, hey, I'm going to swing by and like, yeah. you know, see what you're up to. See how you're doing. Like, yeah. Later on, you know. Um, and so that being so funny because it's such a nonchalant phrase that you would use to say to somebody. But it, it was so important to the captain. Like it was like her, it was going to be like her almost like manifesto, you know, like it was going to be her big thing that she was going to contribute to Starfleet. And to, it was, it was just such a good, 
paradox. And when you had when you mixed in the whole thing with Mariner and the mom and the rest of the crew, and like Mariner's the one that's gonna screw it up, and everyone's just sitting there waiting for her. And I love that like no one sided with her because yeah, it's kind of you're at that point with people sometimes where you're just like this is you. I don't think you really realize that, but like mm-hmm. everyone expects this from you. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, we get the twist to where, you know, Beckett was the only one that said anything heartwarming and lifting and positive about the whole entire shit. Mm-hmm. Whereas everyone else is just, I don't want to say treating it in a manner that's like unprofessional, but describing things and thinking back and laughing about it. And if you weren't there, then the context is totally lost. So the rest of us that watch the show and have that, you know, omniscient point of view, we're all like, that's right. All that stuff is so hilarious. And that's the angle that they're giving you from the rest of the crew. So for the rest of the crew to actually screw up everything for the captain was really funny. Cause it reminded me of that stress episode where she's stressing out, trying to get everyone to be calm. And that's the exact flip opposite. Everyone's very calm and very cool with it. And the captain's just t- completely spun up in circles. Oh yeah, and they even bring that episode up in this within this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, damn it, I forgot what I was going to say. I hate when I have something around the tip of my tongue and I, and I just. Well, another thing that's interesting too is because remember the episode where you had the other crew that came in and they, you know, then you had the ones from the lower decks. They're like, oh, so we got to be cool, you know. We got to do, you know. And then they were saying like the other crew, they were like, like, you know, kind of like nonchalant and aloof, like. Mm, but then come to find out, they're like, oh, we thought you, you guys were cool, you know, you yeah. guys are, you know. And that's the thing. That's the crazy thing. That's one of the themes throughout the show is everything's not as it seems. It is all fun. It's you know, you know, you try to be serious, you try this, but there's like this underlying current of where it's like crazy things are going to happen, but it's not always as bad as you think it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you know, it's, it's kind of like when um, you know, you're in school and you're you know, you're about to take that test, and you're like, oh my god, this is like the worst thing ever. But it's like, you know what? It's not really. It's not really. You know, like, you know, it's like adulthood. You know how you're thinking, oh, my but God, I can't die? wait to be grown. I, yeah, exactly. Like, I can't wait to be grown. Now I'm like, you know what? I would not I would not have any problems whatsoever <laughs> if I dropped back and went back to live with my, with my parents. Everything would be fine, you know. It's like, but um, bills in life are just not all they're cracked up to be. But, um, but yeah, it was just really interesting in this one where um, Captain, she was like all about, yeah, okay, awesome, well, you know. You know, we're, you know, get to do this program and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, oh, well, we'll have this reporter. And as soon as she, as soon as it went, the, um, the link went dead, she's like, damn it. And they're like, what, what? And she's like, this reporter's like, we're all screwed up. We got to make sure everything's right. I'm like, and she even knows it's crazy. And everyone else so, is laughing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're just like, oh, well, that's just the way it is. We have to clean this ship up. Like, we can't clean this shit up. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know, right. And then they're like, oh. Damn, she's serious. So it's, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it was. I'm just like, I felt like I was talking to my kids. It's like that's how they see me, I guess. It's mm-hmm. Like they don't listen to me unless I lose my shit. But oh well. well I remember what I was going to say. Now, Ross, you brought up the point about how nobody sided with Mariner in this episode. Like at the at the end, just everybody expected that she was the one who said all this stuff. But when they found when they discovered what was said, like, why would nobody side with her at that point? is my question like well wouldn't they know that they were the ones who said these things it was really really strange like nobody siding with her you know what i mean like it's, it seems like they would know but i guess it, it's the plot point for the show yeah no, what was the place she got artist. yeah what was the place she got sent to starbase 80 starbase 80 is that a thing in star trek or is it just something they made up for this 
think it was something that they didn't sound familiar to just me. Just something silly they made up. Okay. Well, yeah. all the star bases themselves mm-hmm. are places that most people don't want to get sent. Everyone wants to go out in space, you know. Like if you're not mm-hmm. out there doing a thing, then you know you're. Not you really don't doing really want to like sedentary. It's like you'd rather be like mm-hmm. on a ship so you can be out and doing your, okay. your thing. But the whole rest of the episode was highly rooted in Star Trek lore. <laughs> I mean, the simple fact that they went to a planet that, you know, uh, uh, Picard Hard. had first mm-hmm. contact with. That was a famous episode. Um, that was in the, is it in the second season? So that's that a real mean? episode. Picard makes contact with this planet. He oh, gets yeah. them. He cures them, I guess was the thing. And then they get addicted to the cure. Well, he cuts them off from the, from the cure. That was kind of the premise they, of what they were saying. They cut off connection between the two worlds. And so they're almost like sister worlds. Mm-hmm. And one was essentially screwing the other one over. Um, I have not watched the episode forever, so I don't remember all of it. But I know right. that it. I, I do believe that it's all fairly accurate what they were talking about. Um, But it was very funny how the, you know, the one world is completely taken care of. And not only that, you know, they're all fitness freaks. To turn around and have you know the one that was the uh, protagonist in the next generation ended up being like the trouble world. So, I mean, it all like once again, toy box. They went mm-hmm. in and picked out something they wanted to play with, and they they did it in this episode. Yeah, they and that's actually the scene where they uh, at the end there, uh, the protagonist at the end. They have they introduced the uh, the Texas class, the oh, yeah. manless ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like how the captain's like, "What the fuck just happened?" <laughs> <laughs> so, because I thought for sure that was going to be something with Mariner coming in, you know. I know, I did day. too. I was thinking she's like probably like jump ship or something. Told these these gross garbage yeah. guys like, "Peace out, I'm not doing this shit." So yeah, I was expecting that, but yeah, that was interesting. Very, very much so. And I'm interested to see where they go moving forward with this with unmanned ships. In this show, is that something in Star Trek too? Uh, slippery well? slope. I mean, there's been very minimally manned uh, ships, but it's just the fact that you know it's it, kind of like the last episode. I mean, this one did a really good job of uh, of piling that that point together to where like you have one non-functioning crew, or so they're they're put on blast by the interviewer, and then you know you have a complete other ship that has no people and the funny thing is that she's more interested in that mainly because it's a story than anything else about you know what she was doing so right. yeah. well becca does bounce yeah well that's something we hadn't talked about when we met this other i cannot remember that character's name but she was uh, shady archaeologist yes. yeah so we met we we're like hmm like could something happen i remember even greg saying i was like i think they're setting something up mm, yeah you have mm-hmm. your answer. <laughs> oh, if you don't like her, then why didn't you delete her phone number? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is true. Uh, well, anything else from Lower Decks? We got the finale next week. And then do we have any information on the next season? No. I mean, if they don't do something with uh, their live crossover that they were talking about, then, mm-hmm. I mean, then there's definitely another season coming because they have all that stuff done. Um, the more that I've thought about it, the more that I've wondered if that announcement at Comic-Con was like for next season or if it was for this season, I think it'd be a cool cliffhanger to go out on. So we'll, we'll see. Find out. Yeah, definitely. And I'm assuming cause I have not looked that it's only 10 episodes. So I don't know if they'd have done more. And normally I think I'm pretty sure every season of this has been 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
pretty safe bet. No. All right, well, let's move on. Let's. Uh, Cody's not here for House of the Dragon, so we'll hold off of that. Let's uh, get on to Andor, I guess. Oh, hold on. Hang up. Fre- refresh me and talk about your little Rebels journey real fast. Oh, what yeah, have you watched this week? About that. Oh, man. Yeah. So, Break into it. So I was sitting down the other day and just laying down in bed, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I don't even know what's on the TV, and I'm just looking at my phone, and I was like, this would be a good time to catch up with some Rebels. So I was like, okay, where did I leave off at? And I left off on, like, season two episode two and i was like okay cool let's just get started so i hit play on it and took me a few minutes to get back into it to remember everything like where we're at in the situation everything but uh the episode that i walked back into was the episode with uh rex and gregor gregor and uh the other um and and, and they're i guess it's the first time you see uh ATATs. You know, because they're the first time they've seen them because they're amazed by their four legs and how they're staying balanced. You know, it's going to something's going to come into play whenever they've mentioned a few times about their, you know, wow, how are they staying balanced with four legs? Um, so it was pretty cool. And I was like, wow, this is this is really neat. And then just following the lore after that, it's just like, wow, this is a this is a show that if you showed me pictures of it, I'd be like, ah, it looks cool, but I'm not that interested. But when you actually sit down and watch it. And you, and you pay attention to the story they're going through and the emotional connections and everything here. And you're starting to connect dots with Ahsoka and this and that. You're like, oh, this is this is good. This is really, really good to the point where I'm really locked in and interested now. And you go through like six episodes. You don't even realize you've gone through six episodes. So I'm really enjoying this um, catch up with Rebels. I think I'm on... I think I'm on episode 10 or 11 of season two. There's 22 episodes in season two, 23 in season three, and then I think 15 in season four. So I still got quite a bit to catch up with, but I'm going to be pounding through those pretty quickly um, because that's kind of my downtime show now. And I've got the whole rest of the weekend off, so I'll definitely be watching some more Rebels. But it's fun. Um, I, I'm I'm waiting to see when Thrawn comes into the show because I know that he's in this show but I'm still yet to see anything about Thrawn in this show so far. I've seen a lot of Inquisitor stuff. Um, and I'm totally down to see Ezra live action. Like the more, the more and more I remember the first time I saw his lightsaber, I was like, that is the stupidest looking lightsaber ever. <laughs> However, as far as functionality goes, it's genius. It is absolutely mm-hmm. genius. And I'm like, I would probably carry one of those. So I like his lightsaber and I'm really interested to see how they do that live action. To be honest with you, and not to mention you've got a you got a face. Well, I mean, you'll have to go into more. You got to finish the show first before you talk about that. But uh, but you do have as like the actual actor to to go off of now. So you got reference, and mm-hmm. there's more that you're going to learn about Ezra as the show goes. You know, by mm-hmm. the time you make it to the end of the show, so you'll have a totally not totally different. You have quite a bit of a different. Um, want i guess what you're going to get out of his character come live action mm-hmm. so now did you make it to do you did you make it to, to fulcrum did you make it to i'm trying to remember the last spot that i was at um the last spot that i remember being at is a new inquisitor has come in to play and or there's two of them there's two inquisitors there's a female one that has like a metal face mask looking face mask and then there's a new one that's i can't remember the dick general dick um head's name that's the uh general or whatever for the empire that's always after them with the mutton chops um oh, he kinda, yeah, yeah, yeah. he, he, he kind of like he gets on a ship and he's like i don't need your help 
He's mm-hmm. like, I've got this. He's like, y'all just stand back and I've got this. And he goes, so I'm at that point. I, I don't know exactly where it's at in the episode uh, or which at in the season. Um, I really need to get a refresher. Like I said, I need to sit down and really pound through like six or seven episodes at a time because so much content I'm taking in that and reading uh, fire and blood, man. Like that, that book is like reading Genesis. <laughs> Like it's crazy. <laughs> like the first chapter is like so and so begot so and so, and then they begot so and so and begot so and so. And the problem is, there's only like six names they use in the whole Trigarian like ha- chain of command or house family tree. So you don't know who's who. Um, so taking yep. that in has been crazy too. But trying to stick to rebels. Uh, I remember the two inquisitors, and I'd really have to go back and get a description of the last episode. To, to really, really get a grasp on, on what I've, uh, where I'm at with it, <laughs> to be honest, just taking in some well, stuff. All that, um, all that I say, like, cause I love, uh, like as much as like Sarah, you're in like Funko Pops. Like I've always been into like the Lego sets. Like I love what they do with them. And they did one of the most coveted Lego sets is like the, the ghost with the actual phantom. And then one of the other ones, I don't not, I'm not sure if it's official or if it was a fan made, but that, uh, was it, I think it was an ATTE was the was the, the actual house that they lived in that traveled, and because it was the first time you met Rex in this show, right? Mm-hmm. So if that was so, then um, that one that they lived in, like people actually made that, and like it was always cool because I'm a big fan of like all the the UCS sets that they come out with. Like the last one they just came out with was the um. Shoot, I'm blanking on it, and it like just came out like not too long ago. But you know they have like the the big like seven hundred dollar Falcon or eight hundred dollar Falcon that you can get, and like the big Star Destroyer and all that kind of mess. And so, um, all the smaller sets are still expensive, but it's funny seeing people making their own versions of it. And it's been so long that I can't remember if that was a set that actually came out or if that was a fan made one. But I remember seeing it and like saving pictures of it and just like all the little like, you know, cranes and levers and all the stuff coming off of it. It was just absolutely pointless, but cool for them to use, I guess, when you're living on the thing. Right. So I do remember like the vehicles and especially like the first scene of, especially like them being old and gray, you know, like it was all that stuff they want to talk about. Like, you know, well, Rex is in, you know, Return of the Jedi and all that kind of mess. Well, this is what you want. This is what you want to see. Mm-hmm. Whether it be an animation or not, I mean, you know, we, Clone Wars was all animation, so that's how you got to know Rex and most of all the other troopers, and that's how you got all that armor. But you know, to turn right into Andor with the clone trooper armor and how it has all like progressed, you could see. Was it um? What was the other show Bad Batch? And Bad Batch, you get to see like the transition between Clone Wars going into instead of the clone trooper armor into like the stormtrooper armor. And so in Andor this week, they brought us back with that clone trooper armor, like that phase two armor. And so it was really cool to see live action, you know, and with people in the suits, like not digital, not uh, VFX or any of that mess, like to actually see people in the suits. And so I think that um, I think that Andor was the perfect spot for them to do that mm-hmm. because I want to see so much of that more live action. Andor's been giving me that 
uh, political show that I've kind of the intrigue that I wanted. Right. You know, like it's right. been kind of like a slow roll, but at the same time, like it's worked out very well to just tell enough of like, you know, clinching the fist as they call it. But I love seeing all the callback stuff. And this week I love seeing that clone trooper armor. So from clone wars to rebels to now here we are in Andor. <laughs> yeah. You guys wanted to know the stuff. I'm sitting here looking through the episodes that I've been watching recently. Uh, okay, so Wings of the Master is uh, where Hera gets the ship and she that can break, break through a blockade completely. This is the one where they steal the supplies for a planet and the Empire set up a blockade in front of the planet and she just blows right through it. And I thought that was pretty cool. There's the one where Sabine uh, meets uh, the one of her old friends that's a bounty hunter. That's actually after her and they end up having to work together. Um, so that was pretty cool. And then uh, I'm up to right now is the episode where... Um, Kenan and Rex disguise themselves as uh, stormtroopers. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, so that's where I'm at in the, in the season so far. But man, it's it's really good. Oh, yeah, and then the one episode I wanted to remember where uh, Ezra is posing as Lando Calrissian. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that one was pretty cool, too. And I was like, I'm wondering how long he's going to roll with this. And it's to the point where he gets caught. And it's like, okay. So now we've seen, I guess the guy, what's the guy's name? Uh, Hondo Okana is the guy that, oh, that he's Hondo. with. Oh, Hondo. Onaka, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, oh no. Um, so that was pretty fun, but uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it, man. Like I said, it's it's so cool because I know now I know I know a lot of Star Wars, you know, tie-ins and lore and everything, and seeing all this stuff, I'm like, oh okay, connect that dot, connect this dot, connect this dot. And Hondo so ends up in Bad Batch, and not only that, he's in um, uh, was it Batu? It's the Disney. Um, I think he's the one that gives you the spill before you go on the Millennium Falcon ride at Disney. Okay. So I mean, like they, they put him all over the place. Honda? Dude, uh, who I would play really him? Love, I don't. Who would play him? There's got to be somebody for him, though. I mean, you could have. Mm. Oh, uh, uh, who's the guy who played um the collector in uh in the no, MCU? Yeah. Um, Oh, you're talking oh. Benicio del Toro? Yeah, yeah, I can see Benicio del Toro playing him. <laughs> you need someone that's a little bit more. I don't know. He's, he's, he seems like he's a little too. I don't know. You need like a tall, skinny, lanky fella for you that. Joyvent, like you need someone that's just like with. Yeah. I don't know, man. I got, I had to think about that. You just got to have like question. that swagger. Hondo's got swagger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He's one that he annoyed me from the beginning, but the yep. more you saw him, you're just like, especially there's like this one episode where he's like, oh, I have Hondo out. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like. He just he's he becomes endearing and it's, it's kind of crazy mm-hmm. saying that, but he does for real. Uh well, you want us to walk? Let us walk that right into uh, Andor. Ross, you said you saw the connection with the live action stormtrooper mm-hmm. stuff. So oh, I have questions about this episode, especially the way it ended. But we'll start at the beginning and then move forward. And we get there. I'm gonna I have a couple questions I want to ask that y'all probably know right away. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is obvious. So so this is post post uh heist this is the first episode post heist this one definitely didn't have a ton of action in it it was very very story driven so this is like i'm I'm assuming this whole episode is like a day or two after the heist that's all it's covering is the first day or two after the heist Uh, you see the isb uh going crazy about it and trying to change their plan and i liked a little back and forth between the the two characters within the isb i don't couldn't recall their names oh, at the moment. Deidre and the other dude. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was pretty fun. But um I don't know, man. We uh we learned that 
they look at um, Clem or uh, Andor as a loose end. So this is what rebellions look like, right? This is what they say. This is what the things that happen. So let's talk on that. Like he's a loose end. So now not only is the Empire after him, not unknowingly who he is, but the people he was with are after him too. So everybody's after him. Well, it seems like uh, I believe her name is Clea, Clea, Clea um, the assistant to Luthen shop. Mm-hmm. You know, it almost seems like it, that scene between her and Vale makes it seem like she has almost as much power or she'd like decision making or she's making a call or something because it doesn't seem like it has like Luthen's um, praise behind the call. I only say that because, you know, I didn't get any vibe that Luther was going to kill the guy off or like want him, you know, gone. It seemed like he went out of his way to actually get mm-hmm. him involved. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got to be maybe a little bit more time. I figure maybe like, you know, a week or two after like the highest is what I'm, what I'm kind of feeling. Um, but you're right. Like with the ISB side of it, the first off, we got a, we got a character, um, the guy who was at the beginning making the announcements, it wasn't the major, it was the other guy with, I believe the mustache. Um, he is, uh, Lord Eulerin, Eulerin, I think is his name, but you see him not only in the round table at the beginning of a new hope where Vader comes in and chokes the dude, um, for saying that, you know, like, you know, like how, you know, this battle station is, you know, the ultimate power in the universe. You know, I suggest we use it. And then Vader just ends up choking him. But either way, Euler incident the table is also in Rebels. I believe he's in Clone Wars. So, I mean, like the characters all over the place. So they said that he was that character at the ISB. And then later on in the ISB scene, you get the major basically telling everybody like, you know, like here's what all, all of you are going to do in your sectors. And then that's when you get the Deidre and the other Lieutenant guys, which I can't remember Levin. his name. Levin. I think with Levin. And so when you get their fight and she basically says, well, what had happened was they <laughs> opened up the Patriot Act and I was okay to go and backdoor all this information because, you know, like now there's no rules hmm. and which she's right. And, you know, it's clear that she has a much better grasp on how the rebels are, you know, basically doing like guerrilla warfare in the universe. And so, Everyone else, I, I believe that there were books written in uh, legends that basically told how the simple fact that the Empire treated the entire universe like in sectors, that there was always loopholes that the rebellion was born in, and like how they were able to like navigate, you know, hit here, hit here, hit here, hit here, so mm-hmm. that you know they were able to be effective. But I think this is so early that it's showing the ineffectiveness by uh, Clea telling Vel to kill Cassian. So many names. I got to try to, I got him trying to keep straight. It's a lot of names. Uh, speaking of names, man, we got another one coming into the show here. Mr. Cody Lashney, the oh, first of his name, the King of the Andals and the first men, Lord of the seven kingdoms and protector of the realm. Cody, how you doing, buddy? I fared you well, good sir. I fared you well. Um, <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I only got two episodes left of uh, of uh, Hot D. Well, one now, but this would be the the my second to last time doing this with y'all. So I made some time for y'all. I figured I'd come and hang out and uh, 
Like we've been doing, man. But um, hey, if y'all aren't done with Andor or whatever y'all are talking about, don't let me rush you, man. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll finish the Andor up, and then we'll hop right into the House of the Dragon here. Cool, so, cool. um, all right, let's keep going, Sarah. You want to pick up right where Ross? <laughs> going there. Did you want to say anything? I was giving you a, an opening there. I'm sorry. Would you like to? No, I mean, basically, it's just you know, the same thing that, you know, you've got the, I thought it was interesting in that room how you said Deidre was going up against Blevin because he was very smug. He's like, oh, well, she basically stepped all over my head. And dude, she like rattled off her reasons. She's like, but what's what was so interesting after the fact is, and who was the the lead fella? Oh, the uh, the major. Yeah. yeah I, I Anyways, the point is, he was like, "Oh, okay, so there you go. Somebody's on on top of things." Mm-hmm. And then when he asked her to walk with him, he's like, "You know, walk with me for a moment or whatnot." And they just take a few steps, and he just looks under, or not, doesn't even look back, and just says, "Watch your back," and he just keeps rolling. So I'm like, ooh, plot thickens. Yep. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, very much so. Um, let's see. Andor's trying, or yeah, Cassian's trying to, is this his mother or like his adopted mother, I guess? In, in is, essence, is yes. Okay. Yes. And he, he's basically trying to get her off the planet. And she's she's making a stand where she's at, you know, mm-hmm. which is which is good because you you got to, you this is what a rebellion needs is for people to stand like this. And you know, that's the saying is as long as there are people, there will always be evil. And until there are people, you know, as long as nobody stands up against them, it will always win. And that's kind of the mindset she's going with. Um, so he's got enough money to leave and, and take her and go. And I like how even what's the droid's name? Uh, whatever. B2 emo. Yeah. It's got like a personality too. He's like, can I speak now? And they're like, no, <laughs> he's asking in turn if he can say something, which is pretty cool, but she's not having any of it. She's not leaving. And it leads me to the end of this episode, which, you know, we're just jumping around. Like, is the end of this episode a flashback? Or is the end of this episode where he's left and this is his new life that he's left to? Oh, you're talking about on the new planet? The the party planet? planet? Yeah. Yeah, Because he's got a whole relationship. He left. He was like like just doing his own thing. He's like, you want me to disappear? I'll disappear. Because that's what his, um, oh, who was the, the girl? Bix. Yes, because she told him point blank. It's like, you need to leave. We need to forget about you. You need to disappear. He's like, okay, 10-4. And he hopped back up over that fan- that wall. And she was pissed that he actually came back. You know, it kind of mm-hmm. changed the whole entire, well, it changed all of their lives, you know, because now the Empire's there um, being a part in their, their whole daily affairs. Whereas, you know, the whole uh, idea behind this entire episode is that they're closing their fists. You know, they're tightening the noose. And mm-hmm. it from the beginning, they talk about it with um, talking about raising the tribute tax to anyone who's seen helping any sort of like rebellion shit period, like five times, like we're, five we're times of, what was stolen. What, what was stolen? Five, is that what they said? Five times what was stolen. Yeah. So that's, that's and what's so insane. Yeah. You're talking about a ton, you know, like right off the bat, these people don't have that money. And then you come to, you come to see at the very end, like you were going to say, which or go ahead talk about it on that planet. Uh, Neamos, Neamos, I think it was, I think it's yeah. N N I A M O S or something. But looks like Miami. Yeah, <laughs> <Looking> <laughs> it's, rise it's, yeah. it's the United <laughs> Kingdom, dude. That's where they shot it. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it was pretty crazy. Like, okay, so he he is getting. They're just pinning out people, and I guess anybody running, they're they're assuming like they're just picking people left and right, and 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 saying you're you're with the rebellion. You're 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 
you know, uh, fighting for the rebellion or representing the rebellion, anything that has to do against the anti-empire. And it's just, I guess in that case, he absolutely wasn't. He was just walking to the store, but you know. Well, and they were trying to give him shit because they're like, what are you looking around for? He's like, dude, I'm a tourist. What am I supposed to do? Right. The the reason why I thought this might've been a flashback was because he got sentenced to six years. Like he's captured and sentenced to six years. And I was like, so is this like before? And then we're going to go back to like six years later. Now he's out of prison or whatever. But no, I guess now he's in prison for six years for what would have been a six month sentence. If he just kept his mouth shut, even though he really didn't say anything, he really, like he really wasn't doing anything wrong at all. Uh, but no, those, uh, those troopers had like zero fucks. And mm. whenever, Oh, I love the scene when they brought the, uh, the, uh, uh, K droids, the KX droids in, you know, he's like, what do you say? Um, hold them, hold them, hold them yeah. here. Yeah. Hold him it's here. Like, Don't he... use wrong verbiage. Don't use that word. He just meant keep an eye on me. I thought that was pretty cool. I was wondering if they were going to, if you were going to K2SO, is that the mm-hmm. one in Andor? Yeah. I thought that was going to be a, I didn't know if they were going to have something there about that, but I guess it's just a nice little nod. Those droids you're, were not playing. See, they're doing them, no. them fells behind a wall. You're like, oh, oh no. not that's at all. Body flying. Like, they are, and that's I, the thing I think too. that's where the K comes from. They're killer droids, essentially. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too is like if you see all that going on, of course you're going to be looking around. Why would you ask me why they're looking around when this is going on? The droids are picking up people and dragging them and choking them. It's like, of course I'm going to be looking around, watching my back. But uh, yeah, everything's an example, man. <clears throat> yeah, I just wasn't sure if this was a uh, like I said, if that was a flashback, simply because of the sentencing. So I imagine there's going to be some kind of rescue for him. And I love too how they, with all this technology they have, they're using like a 1984 credit card swiper. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to send to, to like write people sentencing down on the on their little plate there. I thought it was pretty cool. So I was like, that reminds me of the old days. Yeah, their mix wow. of technology is really. I, I love how they're able to, to, uh, to take something so like low tech, right? Like all it is is a sliding roller. You you actually had to stick stuff in there to make it work. And I think they're actually using it to like engrave it as it goes over it, which means you know like it it's new technology. So I love that mix. I love that mm-hmm. that balance that they do with all that stuff. Yeah, Star Wars is great with that. But I'm loving Andor. It's a uh, it's a killer show, like you said, Ross. It's that political political thriller you're looking for. You know, it's got just enough Star Drama. Wars in it to make me love it for Star <laughs> Wars, but it's not enough Star Wars to pull me out of it. And if I didn't like Star Wars, I would still really enjoy the show. So. I keep on hearing enough good things about it, where I'm probably going to give it a chance. Yeah, Daddy, it, I think it, you dig it. I think you would dig it. It's yeah, crazy. and like I'm hearing a lot of what Greg said too. Like it's a lot more of a, I mean, it's mm-hmm. Star Wars in name, but it also has like a different kind of vibe to it. So, yeah, there's, yeah. I'm, there's no lightsabers. There's no force. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. It's like, so it's like, like, like name, though. <laughs> that's fine. See, like Obi Wan, like to me, that's not really for me. And I'm not like trashing it either, but like, mm-hmm. like this is the type of show that I think I could really, really enjoy. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm probably gonna check it out. Yeah, you don't you don't need a whole lot of uh, any sort of backstory. I think that you know at most you you just if you don't know the time frame that you're jumping into, like how you got there, is probably the biggest problem. And yeah, yeah. what kind of uh, you can you can parse out pretty simple, like what kind of world that they're living in, and like how it kind of devolves, and then I'm assuming is going to continue to devolve just because you know it's like the growth of the rebellion. You know, it's the it's the beginning of uh seeing so many different there's so many factions that are going on uh that are, yeah. have rebellious actions and so it's weird b- 
because you don't have anyone like united under a banner. And so it's in that aspect, it's kind of like game of Thrones where there's so many different houses, but none of them, you know, can unite to actually get anything done. Right. Um, so now you're, you're going to kind of see that I think, and I'm interested. And a lot of people, this is going to come into play later when we talk about a movie, but, um, a lot of people are sleeping on this show. And I think mainly for a reason that, uh, we kind of reached a point of fatigue where there's so many shows out now week to week that I think a lot of people are like, I'm going to watch it when it's done because <laughs> I'm yeah. not about week to week life for all of the stuff that's happening. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. rings of power, you know, house of dragon and, or, um, she hope for those who liked it. And I mean, what else have we been talking about? I mean, we talked about lower decks, but I mean, shoot, like anything else that you're into and you want to watch, it's all week to week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely changes the game up. You know, but but once again, it gives us stuff to talk about for weeks. You know, It does for uh, us, yeah. Imagine if it was binged, and then that's the goal we're going for. If it was something you could binge, you'd talk about it for a couple of weeks, and then it'd be over until the next year when it came out again. So yeah. it's much better for the companies, I believe. I watched two episodes this morning, like early this morning, of um, The Peripheral, that new show on Amazon. And I could have kept watching it, but I had other plans today. And so same thing, they dropped all eight episodes of it. Mm-hmm. So you're probably going to watch it, and honestly, it's going to be like Umbrella Academy. Watch it, love it, forget about it until the next year and it comes out again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. Well, do y'all have anything else about indoor you want to say? Do you want to go yeah. ahead and get into some? Uh, go, it was a cool Star Destroyer scene. That's all I got. Watching that Star Destroyer come in was pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's one of the coolest ships. You know, like all the Imperial ships are awesome for me. I don't know why. I love the Imperial ships, but. <laughs> All right, well, let's do it. Let's uh, let's hop into House of the Dragon. Um, okay, so this is part of the reason why it's been so hard for me to intake stuff this week is because <laughs> I have actually started reading Fire and Blood, and it is a fantastic book. I'm I'm listening to it, and it's man, I'm gonna tell you, like like I was saying before, it's it's like reading Genesis. Let like every the first few <laughs> the first little bit or first like half of every chapter is like so and so we got so and so we got so and so. It gives you the timeline of who's who and this and that. And like it was very difficult to understand because the, the book starts out at like two AC and AC is like after conquest. It's like after Aegon's first conquest. So it starts out with the conquest of Aegon and then it goes gives you the years as it's going down and the show starts out at like 103 AC or something like that. And the show yeah, ends at like 135 AC, something like that. I can't remember 29, somewhere in that vicinity. So I'm almost to that point. Like right now I'm at like, I'm at like 49 AC. It's right where, uh, Magor, the, the, the terrible or whatever. The guy's a horrible the guy. Cruel, yeah, the cruel. It's, it's where he's died. And now his son, Jaharis has taken over and Jaharis is actually, um, what's his name's father? Um, the king in House of the yeah, Dragon, uh, Ger- Ceres. Ceres, yeah, that's his yeah. father. So well, I'm getting I, to the I, point. Actually, actually, no, that's his grandfather. That's his grandfather. Okay, yeah, so I'm almost so, there. I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Jaharis had two children. His oldest son had Rhaenys, who had the big moment in this past episode, right? Mm-hmm. And then the and then the younger son. Uh, had both uh, Viserys and Damon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm getting to that point. And it's really yeah. cool because, like, even like what I've just finished was the part they can they call like the uh, the Faith Uprising. And yeah. listening to that part and listening to how, like, everything that 
Aegon the Conqueror did. Like he showed respect for religion, but yeah. he really gave zero Fs. Like they didn't yeah. like he like the, the the Targaryen house doing this inbreeding and the marriages and stuff they do is not blessed by the religious people and just looked down not upon very, all. very badly, but they just don't care. You yeah. know, and for some reason, as long as he doesn't take force against them, they just continue to bless the things that he's doing, even though in secrecy, they're really and they're really like planning against plotting against him or waiting for their moment to step back into power. And that right there, reading this and seeing that makes the whole star on the chest of Allison and everything they've changed mean so much more in this yeah. show. So like reading this book is making the show open up so much more for me like oh i see this and it's so cool too in the book because there are those moments like you said cody where it's told from the point of view of maesters and you see in the show how many liberties they can take because there are so many things they're like it may never be known what actually happened right. but this is what is thought to be happened right. or it could have been this or it could have been this but we'll never know and i'm like oh that's so awesome because yeah they can do whatever <laughs> they want to with that yeah you can yeah. fill in the gaps how you want yeah, yeah. but but i'm loving it man it, it's some of these chapters are like like one chapter. I think chapter thirteen or fourteen is like two hours and ten minutes long for yeah. a chapter. Like some of these yeah. chapters are long, and of course it's audiobook. I don't know how long that would be reading, but like uh, I the first chapter for me was like thirty eight minutes, and then my friend's actually reading it, and he said it was twenty six pages. So I'm like, yeah. okay. So I'm trying to to get in my mind like how far into the book that is as far as how, but I don't know why a couple of chapters are almost two hours. Most of them are between forty five minutes to an hour each chapter. So. Yeah, 26 so, hour read though, or listen. Since you're reading the book, two things. Uh, if you notice how Megor died, like he died the, on the Iron Throne. They don't know though. The throne killed right. him, is what everybody says, but right. they don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so. they don't know. But there is like a large rumor that the Iron Throne spurned him. Yeah. You know, and that's a big thing. The Iron Throne. And you're gonna you've already kind of seen that in the show a little bit with Viserys. But the Iron Throne's not a comfortable chair, and it's not meant to be. Um, but also you mentioned the the fate of the seven and how they're totally not cool with the incest and the no. multiple wives. Like they're not into that shit at all. Um and the next chapter that you're about to get into with Jaharis, you're gonna see how the Targaryens uh choose to rectify that. Okay. And and how they go about doing it. But yeah, it's I I love that you're reading it, man, because it does open up so many, you know different things that you didn't know about before and um and also it just shows you that they're going to do another book mm -hmm. and they're probably going to be able to do future shows of house of the dragon based on later targaryen kings and stuff like that so mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah man i'm happy you're reading it yeah there's but, a whole lot well it's cool too because like you you look at the the conqueror of this family like like from aegon the conqueror like it's his main thing was peace and then, right. like, when, um, what's his name, uh, the Cruel comes in, uh, Magor comes in, Magor. it's all about bloodthirst and war and destruction. Yeah. And then what it looks like going into this, it looks like Jaharis, who comes into this, I think, at 14. Yeah. Is that, I think it was when, when he can't, becomes king. Um, and he only does it because, because uh, what's his name, dies, you know, on the throne. He keeps becoming king. It looks like he's trying to bring peace back to the realm. Because in between this, there are uprisings, and they're trying to break up what at least six of the seven yeah. kingdoms that, that, yeah. uh, that, um, what's his name? Aegon conquered. And they had never even mentioned that, that, that Dorn or Dawn, whatever it is, that he Dorn? never actually conquers this yeah. one. Yeah. And so. so I won't give away too much, but it's in the next book to come. They do a whole conquest 
into Dorne. And it's basically like the Westeros version of Vietnam. It's like fucked from the start, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that Dorne is fascinating. The whole thing is uh, incredible. And Jaharis, he starts at 14, and then that's him in the show as the old man that you see in uh, in episode one. So okay. he was the most longest tenured, uh, peaceful transformative Targaryen king to ever live. Yeah, like I everyone's not at 65 or something like yeah, that. Like yeah, everyone's compared against Jaehaerys. Okay. But yeah, man. And, and one more thing about the book and then we'll get into the show. Sorry, I know I'm boring everybody with this book, but it's, it's just amazing <laughs> this read. Is they do uh they bring up to what is the um okay, there's the 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 castle that is sent to that has the curse that everybody yeah, yeah. There, there's the story of that and how the curse starts, and and then you see this throughout <laughs> the story wild, of people huh? talking about, oh well, this place must be cursed. I'm like, oh, that's so awesome to hear that. Yeah, like, that's dude, a whole chapter in the book. A long yeah. way. It's pretty cool, and I was like, yeah. just knowing that, like now, and I think, like I said, I even messaged you whenever I first started, and I was like, dude, I got to get a timeline for this, and I did. I got a visual timeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And and it helps out a ton having a family tree because it's. There's a lot of they have like six names they use in the family for everybody, like three fem three female and three male names, and that's what they use for everybody. And it's like, oh, it's so difficult to understand. Billy Bob, Joe Bob, all these others. <laughs> yeah, but well, like you know how like in real history there was like Edward the mm First, -hmm. yeah. you know, like you know they they did reuse a lot of names, so George kind of did the same thing with that. Um, I will be excited for when you finally do start the actual Game of Thrones books. Because oh, yeah. I think you're, especially now that you're loving fire and blood, dude, you're going to fall head over heels in love once you finally start reading the main books. Okay. Yeah. They're I'm going to do that in line with the show, too, because I'm going to watch the show while I'm reading the books. So the, the books is straight up what the show's about, right? Except for the part they didn't have written. Yeah. So uh, yeah. up until season uh, six, I think. Four, no, but seven. kind of four, one through four were awesome. Five was still good, but that's when you started to see the cracks form. Um, and there's five books out right now. Okay. So one book per season, pretty much. Okay. I'm definitely interested. I'm, just, let's, let's, I'm, I'm happy like you like you find the books enjoyable. I mean, like Sarah had jumped on this bandwagon hardcore like however many weeks ago. It was just yeah. like, you know, Sunday nights are now for the house of the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> so like it's, it's great because like I said, I remember the first time around with Game of Thrones and like how much fun it was constantly yeah. just watching that show. So, yeah, man, I'm glad we got more. Oh, yeah. Well, let's hop into it. Let's hop, I, I've been blabbering on about me reading the book and connections and being so excited about that. Let's uh, talk about this week's episode. I know, Cody, you said the King classic. is dead. Boom. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Cody, yeah. you said classically episode nine is the one where shit hits the fan. And yeah. Yeah, I'd say shit hit the fan. In this world. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's, it's gone pretty crazy. Where are we at? Yeah, uh, so um, you find out a bunch of interesting things here. You learn that even outside of Allison, so if Allison had never heard uh, Viserys say that on his deathbed, everyone around her was plotting to have Aegon made the king. Mm -hmm. and, and it's just like, how long were you guys plan? Like, you know, it, it dawns on you, like, damn, they you know, it, this was going to happen if I did or didn't want it to. Um, and uh, you, you see the lines drawn, you mm -hmm. know, and now you're even seeing the lines drawn between family members, too, because you notice there was that whole race to find Aegon. Uh, Otto, 
uh, he had uh, the uh, Eric and Eric, you know, the two Kingsguard twins, go and find him. But then uh, uh, Allison goes to her boy toy, Kristen Cole, and her son, Eamon, and is like, go find your dumbass brother and bring him here. Um, You're now buddy I, cops. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it was. It was, it was awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, you really see the lions forming. Um, man, so many big moments. I don't even oh, know. Yeah. Just, you know. Well, the thing with Allison was it's one of those situations where she's she's got what she's wanted, but it's like she's not the way she wanted to get it, right? Right. So, like, Let's... like ultimately, this was her goal, but she didn't want it to be this way. She wanted it to be a natural, like, naturally happen, and. Uh, this is the episode where they're where they're they bring all the lords to the house, right? And they're basically telling them, "You will then need to to you know, uh, a or Amen, but Aegon or or you're not leaving." And he's like, "Well, I have to confer with my house with this," and he's like, "No, no, you're making the decision before you leave." So you that, that was pretty die. crazy. Yeah, I think that uh, with Alicent. Uh, you're seeing the. She's kind of been untouchable with Viserys. You know, as you, when you're the queen, you're kind of like untouchable, right? And so, what I think that you're actually getting now is her realizing that she's not untouchable, and all these other men have been making these decisions to make sure that you know the woman doesn't get on the throne because that's just not the natural way of things in their in this universe. And for a queen to rule, just no one wanted it. And so yeah. here's all the other guys on the council just like, no, we're going to make this happen. And what's really funny is that you see, I got the hint that Allison felt that powerless moment to where she realized that all this was happening, like you said, without her knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so she, she kind of realized that, you know, like now that the series is dead, who is she? Right. So it was very stunning for her. That was her power piece. Was him to be really honest mm -hmm. with you. And now, now she's lost all that power. Um, and you know they're they're they they have this planned out so much that they have no problem just killing whoever they have to, to, <laughs> to you know that 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 goes against them. Because even old boy who stood up and said that though I've served with you know Sarah for so many years, he would not have said this or he never mentioned this to me. And I thought it was kind of weird, man. Dude just slams his face down onto that marble. Oh, like yeah. bam, just dude. Just, Bam, slammed his face down. Was it Christian Cole who did that? Just yep. slammed yep. his face down. And I was like, wow, okay. And Mr. Orwell goes to pick up his body and he's like, no one leaves until we're done here. Mm -hmm. It's like, let the dead body lie. You know, they're, it's very they're pope -esque. Very... Like, you're yeah. locked in a room. No one's going to leave. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, what did you guys think about the conversation between Rainey's and Allison, too? Because there comes that point where Randy's knows that she's locked in the tower. They're not letting her out because mm -hmm. she just betrothed, um, you know, her granddaughters to Rhaenyra's sons. So they're obviously aligned with one another, uh, and they just lock her in her room, you know. And then Allison comes to talk to her, and she ends up telling Allison, "It's like, you know, you're not vying for power. You're vying for say so of the windows of your prison cell. You, you know, it's like." In the end, you're setting yourself up to be in another scenario where you're going to continue to bow down to the men around you. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it be Otto, uh, you know, Alaris, which is a whole other thing that happens in this episode that's creepy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And, um, you know, there's nothing that Randy said that was wrong. You know, she's always having to uh, make amends and, you know, uh, you know, concessions on behalf of the men in her life. You know what I'm saying? Whereas Rhaenyra actually represents bucking that trend. Oh, yeah. There's two important quotes that I think were grabbed from this episode for me. And one of them was, there is no power but what people allow you to take. And that quote was basically the essential of, like, you have to be able to go for it. But at the same time, like, you know, I think that was the whole point of making sure that Aegon was going to be put on the throne and, like, no one questioned it. But the other one was, reluctance to murder is not a weakness. And I thought that was very much, uh, I believe that was Allison who said that. And it was very much like, you know, just because yeah. I'm not trying to murder people, it, you know, there's a reason for that. And that reason does not show weakness. That reason shows that, you know, like I'm, I'm here to make this decision. And so when she went to try to go talk to uh, uh, Rainey's, it was very much her trying to get that public opinion without yeah. force. And yeah it was very important that she did that because, you know, she's looking for legitimacy. And I think now she realizes that she's not going to get legitimacy without help and not like by taking it by force so much as it is, you know, asking for it, like trying to get people to come to her cause. Yeah. Did you all find it creepy when Allison's talking to her father? And she says that to Otto, she's like, you know, uh, having compassion is not weakness, you know, not wanting to be a murderer. And then the first thing the auto does is says, you remind me of your mother. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, remember he put his mother's dress on Allison to go and send her to talk to Viserys. Like, it's very much doing the patriarchal type thing of that, you know, that male dominance, but also showing her, you know, how, you know, she was used as a woman to get where she is. And, mm-hmm. Even though it's her father, it was still this weird kind of sexualization of her and kind of demeaning her role as a thinker and someone that's actually worried about the future of her house and her family. Mm-hmm. Who was the guard that let Renea out of the <laughs> of her prison? Was it just a throwaway character? Because he comes no. in and he's like, I'm not going to stand for this injustice. That was and one he... of the... That's that, that was the cargo. Oh. So, so yep. okay, you know how there's two twin brothers of the King's Guard, mm-hmm. and the whole time they're looking for Aegon, they're arguing with one another. Like, dude, look, look at this guy. We're going to a child fighting ring, and this is yeah. Gonna, talk this, about this, that. Yeah, and this is, this is going to be the dude that we call our king, and then the other one's like, do we swore an oath? This is what we're meant to do, and you see that war between the family members right there but mm-hmm. if you notice once they finally find Aegon and Kristen Cole and, and Eamon show up when uh, one of the brothers is f- sword fighting with Kristen Cole the other one is kind of watching and he kind of ducks off into the background mm-hmm. and that's the guard that went up to free Randy's okay and I think it even mentioned he's like where is your brother like once somebody asked him that right yeah while yeah, they're yeah. fighting okay so yeah that makes sense now I didn't think about that before but yeah okay yeah, yeah. and then let's talk about Ross you want to talk about that child fighting ring so they talked about they filed the nails and teeth of these kids to make them more formidable like wow 
And they pit wow, them together. Nuts. I mean, yeah, like not only did they like deform the shit out of them, but they pit them straight up against each other. I mean, like imagine your life as a kid. You are, you know, to live or to die. And not yeah. only that, but I mean, there's so many bastards of, of Aegon in there. Yeah. You know, he's just out there, you know, wanking over the city like he was in that one episode. And I mean, like he's just creating fighters. You're literally playing in your own universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are making these things happen, and not only that, you are you live the best life, and you're making the worst things happen. I mean, God, like I wish they would have, because I don't think they went into great detail. But I mean, like you said, like the the filing of the teeth and the nails and everything. I mean, like show me just like two seconds of that. Put that fear into my into my head, and like yeah. let me have nightmares about that because. Holy shit. <laughs> That's one of those things I don't want to see, but I want to just see one time just to see it, like you said, so that way I have the fear mm-hmm. of it in my head, but I would never want to actually see it. It's like, yeah. it's weird, you know? Um, okay, so uh, is it Raina's dragon at the end? Yeah, Holy crap. Raina's beautiful yeah. dragon. Like, I was like, wow, that's a really, really nice dragon. So she comes in at the coronation of, of Aegon, right? Yeah, so at that time, when she's escaping, all of the guards are are moving them toward the dragon pit, which is where Aegon's about to get coronated because mm-hmm. they want this to be as legitimate as possible. Yeah, they, they need as many people viewing it. Yeah, they need as many yeah. people viewing it. They need to know, hey, Aegon is your king. He wears the <laughs> crown of Aegon the Conqueror. He wields the sword, Blackfire. You know, his name is Aegon. Like, they have all these superficial things that they're pushing on him to try and prove his legitimacy. And, you know, earlier in the episode, you see, he wants no part of it. He tells his brother, Hey, I'm gone. Dude, I'll hop a boat. I'll be across the sea. I'll be doing my shit. You know, a lot like what Kristen Cole said to Rhaenyra, uh, when, when he wanted to elope with her, mm. but, um, yeah, it didn't end up going too well. <laughs> no, but he actually, he, he, it's weird from to see his transition from the beginning of that episode to to what uh, to what he ends up being at the end because he really really embraces it yeah. at the end. You know, like he he realizes this is what. Of course, when you got a crowd of people cheering for you, you've been given a crown and a sword at that point in time. Adrenaline's got to be pumping, I imagine. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Sarah, what were your thoughts on uh, just this episode, or just what what you want to talk about? <laughs> well, I thought it was You're too cool. quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just give i just love listening to you cody because you just love this <laughs> no but I, I i talk about it too much i want to hear you all no but seriously it's this this is an interesting it, like i said what well, everybody was kind of pitted against each other because not only do you have Kristen cole in the chamber basically slam the guy's face down you yeah. had the what is that like the captain of the king's guard yeah the lord commander right because yeah. basically um Otto told him, he's like, you didn't go kill Renaris. He's like, uh, the hell I will. Yeah. I'm not about to do that. He's like, I'll yeah. snatch this cloak off right now and walk away. Yeah. So, you know, you have you you have that going on, uh, like a clashing of ideologies. Um, or, you know, who, um, I guess, you know, who who's backing whom and that kind of thing. And then, of course, yeah. when you have them looking for Aegon, which I thought it was just w- really weird that Aegon is always gone. I'm like, how yeah. did... Yeah, you know, because you've already it's it's already been proven that he is just he's not for shit. Period. Just not for yeah. shit. That should have been something that had just 
Yeah, that that egg should not have been fertilized. Um, yeah. So they're looking for them, and then to see you know everybody pitted against each other on that, fighting over that, and the kids. You guys, if y'all want to see some crazy looking kids wanting to you know wild animals, no, you you guys can have that. I'm good with that. I'm. You know, <laughs> I've, I've got. I you're gonna say come to my house. <laughs> <laughs> that was gonna be my next point, but. Um, <laughs> But um, I don't know the way my kids with the teeth coming, you know, they, they're losing their baby teeth and the adult teeth are coming in and they're like little pointy things too. So they look, you know, they look like wild animals. Right. <laughs> um, but then also, you know, with Reneas and, you know, when she realized she was locked in the, up in, in her room, she's like, Oh, the, the hell, because she's, she's always been in the middle anyway. You know, she's she, cause she already had that discussion with Rhaenyra's about, hey, this is this is the way it is. They're never going to accept you. It is what it is because you know I got passed over. Blah blah blah. Um, and then to have almost kind of like the same conversation with Allison, except Allison was just in a she's on a different level than Rhaenyra's. Yeah. And, and we, I mean, like I say, it was almost like a, a similar conversation. You know, saying you can do what you want, but you're still you're still a woman. It it is what it is. I mean, men yeah. are still going to pull the strings. Come. You know, no, no matter what you, whatever may come. But when the, but when Renee, Renee was actually, I think, um, broke her out of her prison, so to speak, mm-hmm. she wanted to go down to the dragon pit. I was just like, yeah. why? It didn't even dawn on me. I was like, oh, hell, she's got a freaking dragon down there. I mean, yeah. why? Because when that, when she was herded back into the dragon pit, she was just, you could see her light up. She's like, oh. I'm, I'm where I want to be. Of course, mm. there's some bullshit going on here, but because then you saw she kind of snuck away. I don't get stuck in the car park. Yeah, she kind of snuck away to the side, and next thing you know, she's like, right down the door, and I was like, oh, something crazy is about to happen. Yeah. And, of course, something crazy did happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so down under. her dragon just bust up through the floor, but she... She's always been an in, she's an interesting character to me. Like I said, I don't know anything about the book version, but to me, I feel like she does wield some power, but it's not blatant. It's like she's she's like the voice of reason, because I know I've seen a lot of people you know say, oh well, she could have just taken them all out with a dragon, but you you could tell she's like, look. I know shit's about to go down. Y'all have just, you have created a situation where it's, it's going to get ugly real quick, real fast. Mm-hmm. And so for her dragon, just, I would not want to be the, on the other side of a dragon's breath. Whether it's high or not. Because I'm like, it's like, oh my word. But, um, but just her up there and, you know, her dragon did what it, it did. And the fact that she had somewhat of control over that dragon to where she's like, I could take y'all out right now, but I'm not. I just want y'all to be aware. And then she just leaves because they know if 100% she's going to Renera, mm-hmm. to um, Renera, 100%. So at that point in time, and even with Aegon, when he's like, oh, yeah, I'm the king, I'm the king, I'm like, no, dude, I don't know. This this is just, you can see shit going off the rails right then and there. Mm-hmm. Especially with the how fast they were to, as soon as Viserys literally took his last breath, they're like, oh, we got to do this right now, now, now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, shows the holes in their plan, right? Well, and even the scene with Aegon in the wagon, you know, where he was like, "He's he Aegon is still a child. He's yeah. still a child. I mean, even though he's the older brother, Aemon, and he was Aemon's the only one that really took on the seriousness of his role. 
you know, he took Venus uh, Prince ex- serious. Mm-hmm. And Aegon's just like, I'm just going to do whatever. He's like, I don't, I'm like, dude, he's almost like a kid that's like, why was I even born? What purpose do I serve? So he asked his mom, he's like, do you love me? And then I, she, she, she calls him an imbecile. I know. <laughs> like, well, gee, tell me you love me without telling me you love me, mom. Right. <laughs> but it was interesting when he, when she gave him the dagger though, and he was, I, yeah. I guess Dan, then I guess he thought, Oh, maybe he really did mean for me to be I'm like, dude, it's, that's just a symbol. I mean, that's not really if he handed it to you, gave it to you. Yes, I would say I would believe that. But just because somebody literally stole it off a corpse and just handed it to you, that don't mean shit. Mm-hmm. So uh, the way they found Aegon and the book is oh, way God. worse than how they found him <laughs> in the show. Like, <laughs> sure. to, to, to the point where it's like, Oh yeah, of course they're not gonna put that in the show. Like it's that bad, dude. Was he in the closet with the noose around his neck? Like what are we talking here? Uh, Caradine? No, they find him with someone who's very underage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad they don't go there in the show. Then let's put that. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad they have limits in this whole universe. I mean, there, there's some crazy stuff in the books that, like, uh, I, I imagine that I, if I saw in the show, I'd be weird. Like, uh, we talked about Megor the Cruel. Like, he actually murders one of his wives and, like, tortures her for, I think they said, like, four days and was yeah. there present for the entire time she was being tortured. And they try to keep her alive as long as possible while they tortured her. Then after they killed her, they separated her body parts and they put a piece of her body on a spigot. On, on the, each of the seven gates of the kingdom. And I'm like, holy shit, until it rotted. And I'm like, wow, that is some yeah. terrible really, shit right he there. He really earned that name, Megor the Cruel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, he earned it. And, uh, uh, you know, to that point, you know, earlier when you see Damon and Rhaenyra sneaking around all the secret passages? Mm-hmm. Well, Megor had those passages built mm-hmm. and then invited all the builders to a feast and had them all fucking killed yep. at the feast so that he would be the only one who knew about his secret passageways that he mm-hmm. had built. He was a gnarly dude. Um, yeah, but uh, Aegon, this episode, he shows you his reluctance. He does not want to be the king. He wants no part of this. And um, you do start to see him change a little once he holds up the black fire sword and he has a crown on his head and everyone's like cheering at him. He's like, Oh, Whoa, this is actually kind of nice. And, um, yeah, the, when it, Oh, we have to talk about this. What did you guys make of, uh, Laris? Here we go, man. Yep. And his, uh, his foot fetish. Foot fetish is what we'll call it. Yeah. <laughs> I have in- my takes, but I want to hear y'all's first. Did she know what was going on? It, she had her back turned, but I, I was like, I couldn't tell. I was like, does she know what's happening? Oh, here, dude, or is- yes, hundred yeah? percent. Okay, that makes it even. I don't first think time. this was the first time. Oh no. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty insane. <laughs> there's, there's a picture that floats around that that I've always found funny, and it was mainly because. uh I'm not into feet. Right. And so it's like, a, there's a whole entire cake and there's a their piece, piece out of that cake. And then it's like, you know, it's like the internet fetish world. And then there's like, 
you know, someone says like, you know, that's like foot fetish and they just pick up the whole entire cake and like, I'm going to take the rest of this. Y'all can have that <laughs> because I don't get it. I, I've never gotten it. Like I, I, I don't. And you're right. Don't judge. I'm, I'm with you. Like, like people are into their own things, especially, you know, like I was going to say when you guys were talking about it, uh, if you've ever seen Martin smirk, you know, like when you see him with his hat and everything else, um, it's creepy because he makes little kids fight. He, you know, ends up with a, a king and, you know, some way underage girl, you know, the, his books are full of incest and everything else. I mean, when you see the guy smirk, you're like, you're like a different kind of devil. Like, <laughs> I'm glad that what you wrote sold for millions and millions of dollars. And like, you're in the, like just feasting on the world right now, living your best life. Yeah. But you're a little twisted, my man. And so like when I was thinking that when they, he brought this part into it and I'm like, that poor queen, I mean, she knows what the, what the issue is, like what the kink is. And she's just playing it to a T. But why, why does she allow it is the question. Like, like what is his power, power over so her? So it, so it's, it's a few things. So you notice one of the conversations that's taken place is he says, Hey, your father has a spy ring that's going on. And by the way, which is a hundred percent true, because if you notice, like when Damon and Rhaenyra were caught getting it on in the brothel, it was one of my Saria's kids who went and informed Otto Hightower. So Otto Hightower has been using my Saria as like a spy ring. And, and and her you know children that that she employs. And by the way, that's why you see Otto Hightower go to her later in the episode when she's looking for Aegon. Because like, hey, where's my son? And she knew that, you know, and Otto knew that, that she could have had Aegon killed. You know, so mm-hmm. it, she does have a, a degree of power. But look at what Laris has done for her, seemingly with no trouble at all. Mm-hmm. Kills his own father and brother like it was nothing. And by the way, that's the catalyst that got Otto to be the hand of the king. Mm-hmm. And it moved all the succession things along. Um, you know, now it put him in a position of power. But uh, I, to me, this is a classic example of exercising power over her. And it goes back to what Rainey's was saying, how at the end of the day, Allison, you know, she's still beholden to the men in her life. Not only does he have a foot fetish, but it's a power play over her. It's like, oh, you want this? Oh, you want me to do this? Oh, I need to do this? Okay. Let me, let me see, see them feet. feet. <laughs> let me yeah. see, dude. That's 100% it. And you notice that she doesn't want to be doing it. And that's why this is a power play more than anything. Because, by the way, he's so powerful, he can stare at any type of girl's foot. Like, right. it's, it's literally not a problem for him. But the fact that it's the queen and she's visibly disgusted by it. Like, like uh, at the very end of the episode, when he's fucking jerking off, uh, he puts his, uh, she puts her feet up and turns and doesn't even look at him. Okay. Because he knows that it makes her uncomfortable yeah. and he gets off on that. 
And she looks like a woman who's woken up with some with a few wet socks in her lifetime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it, she had that look of disgust on her face, and I'm just like, oh, you poor woman. Well, and like I you said, it also shows, woman. even though she is a queen, she does have no power at all. I mean, because mm-hmm. I think I've seen some comparisons to, I guess, Cersei from Game of Thrones. She wouldn't have put up with that shit. She'd have probably like took that dude out right then. She'd get her information, but she wouldn't have put up with that shit. So it's like, even though you're the queen, it's like, you're it still subject to everybody else. <laughs> it, yeah. It's very interesting to think what Cersei would do in that uh, situation because she's also very power hungry and very cutthroat herself, you know? Um, but I, 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 don't, I don't know. That's, that's a great question, Sarah. Um, uh, yeah, it, to me, it's a total power move. By the way, uh, a few episodes ago, when he was cutting out the dude's tongues, you notice how excited he was? Like, Homeboy was ready for it. Like, yeah. he likes to be in positions of power, and he likes to exploit people that have no power, mm-hmm. who seemingly have no power in the moment. Um, yeah. And that's a big part of his character. He's a real dirtbag. Like, well, he's people... a second son, too, because he wouldn't come. He wouldn't have any power, period, if his brother yeah. was still alive. So now yeah. he's like the lord all of... You know, all because he, you know, got rid of his, you know, basically his family. So he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay, and I'm even, top dog now. Even as far as second son to go, dude, the, the dude's a dirt bag, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how much you guys remember uh, uh, Varys and Littlefinger from the original Game of Thrones show, but to me, he's decidedly more evil than even Littlefinger was. Oh, God. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like, dude, like Littlefinger was fucked up, but he was calculating, and he did love women. This dude just seems like a total bastard. Yeah, you know what I mean. Now, him killing his brother and his father—that was the Heron Hall thing, right? Mm-hmm. That was them yeah. burning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's cool. Honestly. So, because um, yeah, Laris is just straight creepy. Now it's like whenever you see, well, he was—he creeped me out from the very beginning. Like the very first time you saw him, well, mm-hmm. what was it? They, he actually sat with the ladies. You know, he just kind of like just, you know, waddled yeah, his yeah, little yeah, stuff yeah. in there and just kind of just sat there like, hi, what's going on? And I said, from then, from right there, I said, this dude, something, something's not right with this guy. Mm-hmm. And remember when he was like, hey, I'll totally take that eyeball out of right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, dude, he has no problem doing crazy shit. Oh, by the way, if you notice, uh, my sorry is house, the big white house. He had one of his dudes burn that mm-hmm. place on fire. Fire seems to be his chosen form of uh, of violence. You know, getting people it works to pretty burn well. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, Care about uh, the evidence. <laughs> so so we, we didn't see any Rhaenyra or Damon this episode. And I know, Cody, you told me that you thought this was going to be the beginning of the Dance of the Dragons, uh, which is like right where I'm getting, you know, the next few chapters in the books that I'm getting to, mm-hmm. so, which is about the show, I guess, is that you think where we're headed next episode in the finale is I think we got the very, very beginning of it. And now we're going to hop into that part or the beginning of the, yeah, of the so there's that. There, and they hint at it in the teaser. There is mm-hmm. a very big moment coming up in this next episode. Stay off That's Twitter. on the bridge. Is it on the bridge? <laughs> I, uh, it's not, not on a bridge, Stay off Twitter. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's one of the defining moments of the dance with dragons. Like, it's where the dance begins in earnest. And dance off. 
yeah, yeah, you know. Um, and it, it happens next episode. This episode was definitely the start of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with them crowning Aegon. Um, this is my last little note for the show. My headset's dying, so I don't have too much longer <laughs> anyway. But my, um, you know, when it, come, when it came to uh, uh, Rainey's not burying them alive, you know how Rossi was saying earlier, you know, just because you're not willing to murder someone doesn't make that a weakness. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing with Rainey's, you know. She was the queen who never was, and she was kind of showing you what kind of ruler she would be. Like murdering a bunch of unarmed people. Which, by the way, she did murder a bunch of people. Like, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, <laughs> exactly. After the dragon bust out from beneath, dude, like there were definitely civilians that got really fucked up. And by the way, I, I, I even think that's intentional. Because you're, you're going to see by the end of this the toll that d- warring dragon factions has on normal everyday people. And it's not good, dude. A lot of collateral, I'm sure. Oh, man. I, um, so. I can't wait for y'all to see the rest of where this shit goes, man. It's <laughs> fucking bananas. But, um, yeah, what did you make about her decision to not just burn them alive right there? I can't say I wouldn't have. <laughs> to be truly really honest with you, yeah, I can't right. say I wouldn't have. Uh, and, and honestly, I... I, I didn't know the story going forward. I thought that may have been what she may have done, but uh, you know, she just gave him the bad breath instead. Yeah. I, I never thought about it. Like you just said, maybe that's her showing how her rule or, or the other side of not killing and still showing power. But uh, I didn't really yeah. think much of it. To be honest with you. All I thought was it would definitely been what I did. I would, I would have pulled that trigger. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. yeah. She's a mom. Not only is she a mom, she's a mom that lost her daughter to yeah. literally being, you know, fired down upon by her own dragon yeah. so uh when you're a mom and you see alice in there trying to protect her kids and you also don't know you know it, i think that she saw a weakness in the armor with allison um and maybe not that she was being forced to do what she was doing but it didn't seem like it was all like 100 percent her idea and so as much as it probably was a message to all of them, you know, like, like, like your time's going to come. And like, if this is the fight that you want to have, and this is the type of people you want to be, then like, you know, we're going to come back and treat you as such. Yeah. But, you know, I think at the, in the immediate thing, like it was kind of like the whole mom thing, you know? Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. I, I wanted to bring up too, that, that, uh, the funny thing you were talking about the dragon killing the rider a few episodes back, it was, um, uh, Damon's wife, you know? And, uh, I noticed in the book, they make it a point of like making sure, you know, whenever somebody important dies, the dragons that were there that burn them, like it's, mm-hmm. it's a big deal. Like the dragons that were there, cause they don't want to bury the bodies. They want them to, to, to be burned. And they just make it a point in the book to let you know this dragon and this dragon and this dragon provided the fire along with help from this dragon and this dragon. I'm like, Oh, okay. So it's like the more dragons and the, cause different dragons have different type of fire. Yeah. You know, breath. So, like, depending on who the person was and what they did, had different dragons providing the fire for them to burn. I was like, oh, it's kind of crazy how they, they they pin in on that, and they want you to know this is kind of an important thing, you know? Yeah, like that's that. one thing that they don't do in the show, which I get it. Maybe it's just a little bit too much in the CGI budget, but uh, every dragon, it breathes the same fire as the color of its scales. 
which is awesome, you know, like uh, you have Green Fire from Vagar and all these really different cool ones. Yeah, um, and Black Fire is the worst, right? But like that's, that's the hottest. Well, it's not necessarily that one color is hotter than the other. It's just that Balerion was the biggest, baddest mofo to ever live. And he's the one that melted Harrenhal. He's the one that melted the Green Hands and the Lannisters on the Field of Fire. He's just a legendary dragon. Um, and uh, yeah, he was a big black dragon. So he had this black fire. And by the way, that's why the sword is named Blackfire. The the Targaryen sword that Aegon wielded, uh, the original conqueror, but now the one in the show too, the sword that you see young punk Aegon holding mm-hmm. up, that's the ancestral sword of uh, of Aegon the Conqueror, and uh, his sister wife with Vis- the crown, yeah, with the crown, and his sister wife uh, uh, Visenya had the sword dark sister, yeah, and that's I was the ask one where that one's at, and no, that's Damon's sword, the Damon. Okay. When, when, when Damon cuts that dude's mm-hmm. head off, that's the same sword. Okay. Yeah. I love you say. I love that you say sister wife, and we're not talking about polygamy. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a mess! But yeah, we got the finale coming up, man. I'm interested to see what, how this goes, and I'm more interested to see what they do, like what the next season. Or if they if they do another uh, snippet of this this history, because you could go back before this and tell a really good story oh yeah you go forward in front of this and tell a good story because you still got a long time before the game of thrones beginning of game of thrones you know and people so. liked the younger actresses so much i wouldn't doubt it if maybe they do do some flashback scenes yeah. um, and involve them in some way shape or form that would be cool the real bummer is i'm hearing that we're not going to get season two for another two years oh wow yeah, i believe it too not 2023, but 2024, man. I believe it. I don't think they put enough stock into, um, you know, thinking that they could revive something like this because they didn't even announce the second season until the first season was underway. And so, well, they didn't, it, yeah. it, it kind of makes sense because Game of Thrones ended on such a bad note that mm-hmm. you didn't know if fans were going to buy back into this world like they had you know, in the earlier seasons of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was different characters, different everything. So it was a gamble for them. But yeah, it dude, this show is I believe when it's all said and done, this show could be bigger than Game of Thrones. I only think that they messed up with the time jumps. And I think that they could have used those characters for a full season, if not multiple seasons, and then kept telling the story because this show could go on for 18 seasons, you know, yeah. just this one show. And you, you, you have the, the age and the characters to where like, if you want to change actresses, you know, that it was such a shock and just watching the episodes where they did it, which is another point I was going to bring up about Eamon. It seemed like he was the only one who truly aged up. It seemed like the rest of them seemed a lot younger than Eamon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that was kind of probably, you know, like a conscious choice that they made. But no, like I, I don't... I, you're right. I see why they're dipping their toe in the water and they wanted to make sure that, you know, the water was still warm. But man, like... Yeah. I, I worry that you can't go... I worry that you if you go backwards, it's not going to work out well. And... I think that if you go 
you know, in between House of Dragon and Game of Thrones. I mean, that's probably like your your best, you know, bread and butter right there because like it right. tells enough of a story where you're connected. Because yeah. even in uh, Game of Thrones where you had Cersei talking about, you know, like, you know, incest was not unusual. Like the Targaryens did it forever. And then like now you're like living in that era where like, like you said, to start off this episode of the religious aspect of it and like how they bucked up against it constantly. So there's so much that they can tell. I just don't, I, I personally don't want to see them stay in this exact tight circle. I'd mm-hmm. much rather than, you know, be outside of it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I did like a Kevin white talk to express his final comment. Cause it's funny, but it's also true. He's like, I thought, wow, she murdered the poor people in the room. They had nothing to do with, uh, you know, they had nothing to do with anything, but they won't kill the people plotting to kill the grandkids. And that's, you know, I thought that that was kind of funny, but and mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of true. Like, he's right. If she would have taken them all out, it stops all the atrocities that are getting ready to happen, you know? But I, I, I don't know. She did what she did. And if she did that, there wouldn't be a show. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like, it had to happen that way. By the way, also not something from the book. Spoiler okay. alert. Spoiler alert, Greg. But uh, yeah, that doesn't happen in the book. But okay. um, uh, everything else that you're about to read is definitely going to happen. Okay. Um, yeah. Like but, I said, I'm just coming into Harris. And it, it's funny because like I think what I've read up to this point is like the rise of the House of Targaryen. Tri- Tri- yes, yes. And then everything from House of the Dragon, what we're seeing now up until, uh, I guess, Game of Thrones is kind of their fall. Yeah. Or they're, they're, you know, so, so yeah. I think they've gone with the story of the fall as opposed to starting with the story of the rise. You can tell both, but it's it, you can definitely see like this is the point in this family's name where everything really started to fucking go awry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. Viserys is that point or his yeah. death. So yeah, uh, Jaehaerys and Viserys was like the the pinnacle of Targaryen power. Mm-hmm. They were never more powerful than they were under those two men. And this is the tragic downfall of uh, of Targaryens. Um, yeah. yeah, man. This I'm next excited. episode is going to be... It's going to be... Uh, so this episode was called The Green Council, and the next one's called The Black Queen. So this episode was from the perspective of the Greens, this next episode is going to be purely the perspective of the blacks. So it ought to be uh, pretty incredible, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for it, man. So we got to let's, let's hope all the feet still have shoes on them. All I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> we got our foot fetish fix on but, this one. So. But Greg, uh, as you start to get through the dance of the dragon, so you got Jaharis to go and there's a lot of Jaharis. Like there's mm-hmm. a, like three or four chapters on Jaharis. Okay. If not, if not more, um, then there'll be Viserys, and then there'll be the Dance of the Dragons. As you're getting through the Dance of the Dragons, I want you to update me as you, uh, okay. <laughs> as you get to the to the juicy stuff, because I okay. just want to get your opinion, and then how you think that'll play out in the show too. So. Okay, I definitely will. Well, for anybody who's enjoying this show and you've not had a chance to read this book, I would recommend buying it and reading it or just doing what I'm doing. Check out Audible, man. I love listening to audiobooks. If you got time to listen to podcasts, you could probably pop in an audiobook and have a good time with it. And man, it's just a different world for me. 
hopping into an audio book. And I love, I especially not love now that I'm coming into the part that I've already seen on screen. So now I get to see in my head, once again, what I think it is in my head and what I know they portrayed on screen yeah. and I get to fill in the gaps. And I, I love doing that. Um, but it's a really good audio book. Uh, yeah. It's, it's tough to get through some parts of it. Cause like I said, it's, it's like reading Genesis, you know, you, you got to learn who begot who and who married who and this and that. And then once you establish that, it's like, okay. And this is what happened. It's like, okay, so now we can go. Uh, but yeah. it's really fun. And the show's fantastic. Uh, I will be watching game of Thrones. I'm in this world. And you had mentioned that earlier about how this becoming more popular in game of Thrones. A lot of people I talk to that are serious, hardcore game of Thrones like this show better. have told me that they like house of the dragon better than game of Thrones. I was like, wow. Okay. It's also I, don't know if it's, I don't know if it's if it's because it's more recent and because the way of Game of Thrones ended, like it's left that sour taste in your mouth. But I know a lot of people have told me that that they like this better. So you can you can see the you can see the beginning, middle, and end of Game of Thrones, and so like you, you have all of that to go off of. You don't know where this is going yet. Right. You know, you know there there are, there hasn't been a moment to where people have questioned whether or not what they're watching is worth or valued to the way that they feel about watching it and so that's a that goes with any show you know like i always say you know watch it to the end see what they do and you know like you never know what's going to yeah. pop off and so yeah. we were taught with game of thrones that you know maybe some practices aren't really good like you know don't keep making it if there's no story to go off of but at the same time too i mean you can't if if you treated one through four, one through five of Game of Thrones is like a complete story. I mean, and they found a way to, to tie up the end. I don't know anyone that could say that. Like, I don't. Like, yeah. I, I mean, that show it, was phenomenal. Okay. It was. Period. Wow. And it's, it's one of the best stories. It, to me, it's the best fantasy story ever. It's my favorite fantasy story. Yeah. Now, if you ask me as a story, just a pure story, what's better, The Dance of the Dragons or A Song of Ice and Fire? I'd say a song of ice and fire, but really? from a, but from a TV show perspective, this show has everything in abundance, and that you had to wait for with Game of Thrones. Like there's right there right away there is incredible characters, political intrigue, sex, violence, and full grown dragons. Like the the dragons are a surprise in right. in, in Game of Thrones that you're like whoa. Because again, this is like minor, very, very minor spoiler. But ever, no one believes in dragons by the time of Game of Thrones. Really? They've been gone. They've been gone so long that it's like, oh yeah, apparently it's only like two hundred years. Oh right? yeah, right. Yeah. But like, there was there was no iPhones. There was no pictures. Like, you, you, there and was, life there expectancy was, was like fifty. Yeah, that's what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying. So like, you know, the, all the people that were around when the dragons were there, they've long since passed. You know, so dragons being reintroduced into the world of a game of thrones was a very big deal in that story whereas with this they're here right from the jump and just from a television perspective it's the perfect kind of story to tell so but yeah. game of thrones did the universe building and the world building for this oh absolutely visually and so you know the house of dragon gets to play off of that so 100 percent. and the the first four seasons of that show to me, are the best television ever made. <laughs> like I love Pretty it, dude. Like it's it's so damn good, and you are really gonna love it. Uh, Sarah, I don't know how much of Game of Thrones you've watched, mm. but uh, uh, whenever you two do jump back into the show, 
Like, I almost envy you. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. being able to experience it again and the characters and the stories. Feels like the first time. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've gotten through season one, ep- the first episode, and half of the second. Oh, and so you okay. You barely watched it. Watching it. Okay. Yeah, but that second episode, there was some shit in there. I'm like, mm, I, I don't know. I don't know. I look at things a lot differently. <laughs> Y'all watch. You know what? I don't even want to hear anything. I want you guys to watch the first season. And then yeah. I want to know what yes. you feel like after that. Yeah. Because at the end of the first season, I feel like that was such a, it was such a, a journey that you went on in one season of television. And you're yeah. like, I don't know what I just experienced, but I'm wet. <laughs> And I don't understand why the world is upside down, but yeah. things are crazy. <laughs> the final moment of the first season and the final moment of the first book, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. It's so, but the journey that you go on hmm. with Daenerys, dude, it's incredible. I can't wait really till y'all till y'all start to start to watch it. Well, I'm definitely going to get there. I know I said I was going to start it after Rebels, and I started Rebels. So as no, soon as I finish that, as soon as I finish that, Game of Thrones is on. Like I'm, that, those would be my catch-up shows. I always try to have one catch-up show. No, I now I have two you, in the shoot. So yeah. Well, um, probably people. I'm probably about to make my exit. I got some family <laughs> over. Uh, cool, you man. Know, yeah, man. I had to come and talk about House of the Jack. I mean, hey, like I said, we got two more times, or now just one mm-hmm. of doing this. So. You know, oh yeah. Well, I'm sure you'll be back for something game. else. You know, oh, something yeah. else, something no, else, some no. kind of arcane or something else. Arcane season two. Oh, yeah. sure. <laughs> oh, I'll definitely be back for arcane. And, uh, yeah. uh, maybe if I catch up on Andor, I don't know how many episodes there are. We're on um, episode seven right now. So how many? Just there's there's, there's going to be twelve. Twelve. Okay. Yeah, so, so yeah, maybe, maybe weeks, I might yeah. maybe I might be able to catch up in time uh, and, and be able to come and join y'all on maybe seven or eight or whatever. Okay. Cool. Definitely, man. Well, Cody, where can they find you, buddy? Um, yeah, find me at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Um, I'm always doing stuff on C3 Panthers podcast. And um, find my written comment for the Panthers on drafttech.com. Dude, if I didn't have to say Panthers for another year and a half, <laughs> dude, that, it might, that might be too soon. You know what I'm saying? Chris McCaffrey saying the same thing right now. <laughs> you know so. yeah. uh, well, all right buddy it was great having you and i will see you tomorrow or well I, I know i'll probably talk to you tomorrow but i'll be podcasting with you sunday post game absolutely all right all the shows out of the way we got the the, the big one now it's funny that we saved this one for last but uh you know we kind of had to get all the other stuff out of the way um finally got a movie y'all we all got to go see it on opening night. And I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I bought tickets for this theater I've never gone to. And it was advertised as, like, wall-to-wall screens and, like, the most relaxing chairs and blah, blah, blah. And I will say, it did have the most relaxing chair I've ever sat in in my life. It really did. Like, I was amazed. It was heated, everything. Like, it was amazing. I could not believe when I reclined it all the way back, I was like, oh, yeah. If this was a movie I wasn't interested in, I could definitely fall asleep. No problem at all. <laughs> Um, but the screen wasn't like impressive. It was just like a regular movie screen seats didn't move everything. So like, I, you know, I only pay like an extra dollar for this theater, but I'm actually probably going to go back to this theater again. If the seats are that comfortable, cause it was that much more comfortable than the other ones. Uh, not that the other ones are uncomfortable, but like, a, you know, the grand or anything, but I was pretty amazed by it. So right away I was, I was blown away with impressed with where I was sitting. Um, when I got there, there was somebody sitting in my seat. And, uh, you know, the, my buddy I was with, I went to the bathroom and he went to go sit in our seats and he was like, Hey man, there's somebody in our seat. 
and like I was dead center of the screen, you know, dead center of the theater. So that was like the seat that we've been willing to pick. And like I walked up and I was gonna go say something to this guy, but then I looked in the theater and there's like five other people in the whole theater. And I was like, How about we just Oh sit fuck two? no? I was oh, like, How about no. we just how about we just sit two <laughs> seats? I paid for that seat oh, right yeah. there. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just I just sat beside him. I was like, there's no point in making a fuss about this. I was like, if this was full, if the place was full and like I was missing my seat because of this, I'd say something. I was like, but I'm just gonna sit one seat over and I'll be no. fine. So yeah, we live I know in a time that's of like, assigned I, seating. That's what he said too, and I was like, "No, nah, I'm not worried." If it was full, I would, but it just seemed like a battle I didn't want to fight at that point in time, especially going into a movie that I really, really want to see. Um, but <laughs> I digress. I t- talk about all kinds of crazy stuff. So let's talk about this movie. Um, we've shared thoughts a little bit about it. I think we're all kind of on the same level with this one. I had a friend that I went with, and he's got some thoughts that I'm going to share on it too. But I, I enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed my viewing. Um, I'm happy I went to see it, and I'm probably going to go see it again. Like I would pay to see this movie again. There's not a lot of movies I would pay twice for, but I would definitely pay to see this movie again. But let me start with y'all's thoughts. Sarah, get us going. This is everything that I wanted. This this is what I expected. <laughs> this is what I wanted. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, it was throughout the entire film. I just probably sat there like and just I'd get these adrenaline rushes. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh what oh, okay. I mean, that's because you go in there and Black Adam, he is not a superhero. He's not a hero. He is not a hero. I mean, it's it's like that anti-hero type deal. So, I mean, to see just the level of violence, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I'm like, I want to see that. That's what I want to see. Um, I don't, it's, I enjoyed the story. I mean, I, because... I knew I'm not I'm not walking into like, you know, an Oscar type performance here. I mean, I realize it's the rock. I've seen enough rock movies to know I know what to expect. Um, the level of humor, I mean, there were some genuinely really funny parts. I mean, it was just like some like some little zingers. Mm-hmm. Now there were some some in there that were like, okay, that mm-hmm, ha ha, all right. Anyways, let's move on. But I mean, for the most part, I mean it wasn't like super serious. Like it wasn't all funny. It was, I felt like it moved along. Um, I just, it was, it was just a movie that I, at this point in time, I wanted to see. It was enjoyable. It's like I said, it was, it's what I wanted and what I got out of it. Um, Like I said, it wasn't the best thing I've ever seen, but it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. It was just fun. (laughs) It was just a fun ass movie. I agree. Fun's a great way to describe it. Yeah. And then and, and like with the rock being in there, it, it added that little bit of fun into it. I think you nailed this character. Um, Ross, what do you think, man? Overall. Overall, uh, I think that the movie took way too long to come out, but I'm happy that it's out. Um, you know, we talk about, he was, was it 2014? I think he said that he kind of started on this venture. Um, yeah. He, he the, kind of talked himself into this role, didn't he? Well, he, he was mentioned and then he kind of worked with writers and then like, you know, he got to a point where like, I guess he was able to have more say in the movie, I guess mm-hmm. kind of is what I want to say. I saw the overall theme. I thought they played real hard on the rock. Um, I understand where they were trying to get to, like I said, with the theme, uh, I, I, I feel like, unfortunately, it's not a, a great comparison because we haven't seen one or the other yet, or we haven't seen the other one yet. Um, 
but I feel like, you know, Black Panther is going to kind of tell the same type of story in a certain way. And so I'm interested to see, because I felt like this kind of fell flat on like the whole, you know, the community needing to come together. Um, what was the name of the city? Kadar or something like that. Or, or Quandark. Quan, yeah, Quandar. Quandar. Like, uh, yeah. Something like that. It, yeah. it felt very like, I kept thinking Chirac like the whole entire time I was watching it just because it felt like a mishmash of uh, like city names. But I get where they were coming from with uh, the whole city constantly being under siege. And what I mean by siege is like, you know, it seemed like it started off that way with cruel rulers. And then it turned into having issues with um, the the uh, mercenaries who were there. I like the scenes that I saw from The Rock. I didn't think that his character was too stale. I thought that was, he did a pretty good job, like, you know. Acting, acting aloof, stupid is not the right word, but kind of acting like, you know, he truly did just wake up after 5,000 years. But there wasn't like, oh, this movie to me was it was action. And I didn't read any reviews or anything else. And I heard the word action thrown around like twice, but like I get that aspect of it because it was constantly going. I hated the fact that we did not get more Justice Society background right off the bat. That was my, one of my big things when it comes to the story that I missed because I was all in for all of that. Mm -hmm. And I wanted that background. I'm glad you mentioned that. And we'll start diving into this too, just different parts of the show. The, the, for my friend I went with, that was one thing he mentioned was that he didn't like that they just dropped the Justice Society in there. And honestly, the way they did it was they did it very Suicide Squad-ish, like where mm -hmm. this is the character, this is the character, this is the character. This is what I do, this is what I do, this is what I do. Bam, go. And like, you know, he said, he's like, I, I kind of want to see more of that. I think they, they, that this is like a beta test to see if a Justice Society movie would work. And I think that you'll, that if it's successful, which I feel like it's going to be this movie, you'll probably get some of that in the future. Um, you know, but I do agree that it was just kind of the characters dropped in there and go. But that's kind of DC's thing, man. That, that's what DC does. They, they just it's it's not the same blueprint as Marvel does. It, it's just kind of drop the characters in and. You know enough about these characters to get through the movie, but I feel like they put them in there to make you want to learn more. You're going to go study up on this character. You're going to go learn about this character. If there's a movie coming out, you're going to go see this movie because you saw this character in this movie. Now you want to know more about them. And that's kind of the blueprint they go with. Um, with this movie in particular, did anybody else feel like very Zack Snyder vibes? Like with the slow mo, with the color palettes, and I was like, "This movie feels more like Wonder Woman, Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman than anything else DC has put out." Um, yeah. And it it wasn't quite there because I asked my friend about that too, and he's like, "Yeah, but it felt like kind of like Walmart Zack Snyder." And I was like, "Yeah, that's true because Zack Snyder would have fleshed the characters out a little more." I feel it probably would have been an hour longer, but <laughs> um, but it, it just had this Zack Snyder kind of feel to it for me, you know. Like every time I saw a slow motion scene or I was just looking at stuff, I was like, it, it feels like I'm watching like, uh, you know, a part of the Watchmen. You know, it was really, really strange, but I, I enjoyed that of it. You know, let's it's talk about like just the, the, hold on, like the undertones are almost and that's why I, I hate using the word Zack Snyder or the name Zack Snyder to describe any of the DC stuff, because I don't mm -hmm. feel like that's very fair. It feels like that's like their undertone. And whereas you would say that uh, that they don't copy Marvel's blueprint. I'll, I'm going to push back on that in a second, but like, this is not like, this is part of their blueprint when it comes right. to DC. Um, it's almost, uh, when you see the first thing, 
they try to mimic directors and, and the cinematography of the shots just because they want it to feel like it's all a part of the same thing. Right. So I don't know. I keep saying DC ish is the way that I keep describing it. Right. Well, and the, the only reason I say Zack Snyder is because it's not so much the storytelling. It's Zack Snyder has a very, very distinct look to his movies. Mm-hmm. You know, like like you can almost look at it and tell right away this is a Zack Snyder movie just by the way it's filmed, the camera angles, the color palettes, the 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 slow motion, everything, and it just kind of felt like that. So I guess you're right; it's not really. I shouldn't say Zack Snyderish. It is kind of what DC is going with. It's their kind of their their mood. It was kind of set up by Zack Snyder. So yeah, yep. and and what I mean the not following the blueprint of Marvel, I don't think I actually think that's kind of a bad thing. I think they'd be more successful if they followed the blueprint of Marvel. You know, but I just don't think it's Marvel's blueprint. I think it's it's more all encompassing. Like it's more like uh, Saturday morning cartoon telling like a like a broader story. And I think that's where I'm with you because I think that they would greatly benefit from it. And that's the point that I'll bring up when we get to the end. But I just hate that because I feel like I'm robbed. I feel like I'm robbed of the story. I mentioned it during Andor, you know, like a lot of people seem to be hanging back and not watching Andor because, you know, they want to wait until they can binge the whole thing, which is, which is all good and well. But like when I finally get the Black Adam movie, I don't want to, I don't want to be just thrown into it. I mean, they've worked for eight years. I mean, on and off with this thing. Like, I want to know more about it. I want more, like, I know that they can't go back and like reshoot to give me more, all the stuff that I want, you know, they need black Adam too, or the case may be, but I hate the feeling like people hate knowing that they can't just binge and or I hate knowing that I don't have more to go off of. And I have no plan from DC as to what they're going to do with this. I get that. So that part of it, I try to, I tried to cope with, because I'm going to tell you, I went into it with that stigma watching this movie. I'm like, I need to, there was a, uh, one of the before movie things that they do. And I was talking about, you know, like the DCEU. And so I'm sitting there thinking like, you know, I can't say DCU. It's always DC expanded universe mm-hmm. because it's you know, like none of it. Like it keeps going back and forth trying to weave a story. I'm like, right. I just want the story. Just give me the whole entire thing. And I know that you say that, you know, Snyder had his whole entire thing laid out and so on and so forth, but we're, we're past that. We're here now. Right. Now we've got to have a new plan. Yeah. I agree. And now you got Black Adam and I think that The Rock is Black Adam did fantastic. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I I didn't need anything from the character and you know he like I said he did a really good job. I just want I want more of it all now. Like how are you going to give me a Justice Society story? How are you going to, you know, I don't even need the whole story but like I know enough that there's comics to go back to and to read and everything else. But man, I just, I want it all. And I, I want it on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I felt like they missed an opportunity to really kind of, you know, tell a, the story was very simple in this movie, you know, mm-hmm. don't let the bad guy get on the throne and who's the bad guy. I really like those two, two things. I just wanted, I wanted more. Well, and hopefully we will. Like I said, I, I think that they were using this as kind of a beta test for the Justice Society to see if it works and if people would watch that movie. And I think they probably could have just done that anyway and people would have still watched it because they've done a good oh, job yeah. of these characters. But let's talk about these characters. Um, we got some Justice Society. And Sarah, I'll start with you because you got your boy, Mr. Brosnan, Dr. Fate. Let's just go th- go down the list and talk about him. What do you think? Look, uh, how they portrayed him, everything else. Did you enjoy it? Oh, yeah. I think it... <sighs> 
it it was it was an interesting character. It was interesting how he just like carried the helmet around. <laughs> it was just like he was just kind of go back and forth, and he just played an older character. Um, the suit looked fantastic. I mean, it looked it looked great. Um, yeah. It it was almost like he was kind of like the voice of reason throughout mm-hmm. because it's, you know, it's, what did he say? Something about it wasn't something what was like your choice for who lives and who dies or something along those lines. Yeah, it's up to fate. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and you know, it's kind of like the things where he could, you know, see the future, but then he also made a statement. He's like, well, you know, the future, it can change. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you're not really locked into that, but um yeah, he was he was pretty. Um, yeah, it, it was interesting the way when you saw his mysticism or whatnot. I mean, it yeah, it did kind of remind you of a certain Marvel character, but you know, it was but you, know, you kind of take that because if you think about mysticism, you know, as a whole, that's okay, mm-hmm. that's fine because you may be you know diving into the same thing. I mean, I had no problem with that. I didn't make that connection a single time. I'm going to tell you right here and now. I mean, I the either, only, the only yeah. thing was the prismatic thing. That's the yeah. only thing yeah, yeah. that, that clued me. And I was just like, oh, I have kind of seen that before. But it made sense because, like I said, if you go into the mysticism, it doesn't say one has precedence over the other. I right. mean, it's mm-hmm. it's fine. And and to be fair, Marvel and DC, they copy each other all the time on these things. They admittedly do it. And there's only so many different kinds of superpowers and heroes you can have. So, yeah. Sorry, I mean, interrupt. But I mean, no, that's fine. And, and like I said, but I mean, you know, I just, I, I noticed that, but I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, well, one does one better than the other, or, you know, oh, oh, shit, they're taking. I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it. Um, Yeah, I mean, the Dr. Fate character, I mean, that was, <laughs> but when he was, um, you know, out of the suit, I mean, Homeboy was like rocking some old, old school like the the, the, <laughs> the road the cravat the whole nine yards i'm like yep. who's just gonna be you know just strutting through a ship just wearing that shit i'm like seriously dude gotta look good you know? thought, yeah, yeah i'm like you're just bringing like the old school but um but yeah it, it was it was interesting um i'll say my thoughts for hawkman for the next go around <laughs> okay. okay. ross what do you think about dr fate i really liked pierce brosnan's take on the character out of the suit and in the suit. I thought they were very good and they're very separate. I mean, like his, his uncertainty with knowing the future and uh, the way that he was able to portray it without words, like just his mannerisms was fantastic. Mm. Uh, I did not know what I was going to get because, you know, Pierce Brosnan's my, my bond, you know, like I, I grew up with him <laughs> with that and I golden eye, baby. Yeah. Like right. it's tough to see him outside of that character. Even though I liked, uh, oh, I can't think of the name of the movie now. The one with Sinner Man and where he's doing the thing with the Apple hat. Uh, I'll come back to it anyway. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, was, he did very, he did a very good superhero. Mm-hmm. Like, even though you didn't see his face like in a suit with the voice and everything else. And like, even when he was trying to talk with black Adam, whenever black Adam was engaged or, uh, captured or whatever prisoned, the, I guess probably be the best word. Yeah. That whole dialogue 
or monologue was really good because it didn't feel like it was forced. He didn't feel like he was talking to a screen. It felt like he was really trying to actually, you know, talk to that character. So mm-hmm. I think it was a win all around. I really had zero problems whatsoever with Dr. Fate. Yeah. I, I agree with both of y'all. I love the character. Um, Pierce Brosnan does a great job of portraying a character who is troubled, who is seriously troubled. And then there's, you know, spoilers for this. We'll go into the one scene where he's at the very end. He's talking about for the first time I look and I don't see Mm -hmm. anything. And just like the relief on his face. Like you can tell this is a man that his entire life, while this is a power, it's also a burden. And it's something that's been burnt. It's been a burden for him his entire life. And for the first time he's kind of relieved of that. And he did a really, really good job portraying that. And I was like, okay, I, I I do like this. Um, I don't know where we're going to go with, in the future with this character. I would love to see him in this role more or just see more of Dr. Fate, but I don't know what the future holds with this. So let's a question before we go further. Yeah. Are, is it assumed that the, the mask finds a new, I believe so. Yeah. That, that's person? generally okay. how it works. Yeah. So I just make sure, I'm not as familiar with Dr. Fate in the comics, so I don't know how many actual characters have worn the helm and, and, and been, but I'm sure that's, you know, they're, they're going to be setting up for that to be a character in the future. So I hope, okay. or at least I hope they are. Um, let's talk about Hawkman. Um, I'll start with this one. I thought that they, I thought they did a great job. The actor who plays him was great. His character himself, I didn't like as much because he's too like, Captain America without being Captain America. And like, this is an argument that has been all over the internet all day about people who are hating on this movie about heroes. Don't kill them. Blah, blah, blah. Get the F out of here, man. I'm, I, I'm so tired of hearing that argument because every single hero kills. I can show you in every single Marvel movie where every single one of them that we think is so good. I can show you where Captain America kills people, just kills people that, you know, he throws a guy off a helicarrier, you know, uh, uh, Iron Man blows up stuff all the time, but if people that blows up bad guys, people people kill, man. The best characters do. You never kill main villains, like huge villains, because that continues the story writing. But every hero kills fodder characters. It's just the way it is, man. And like when well, people start to heroes make argument, minimize like, life. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they definitely do taking life casualties. Yeah, they, they do. Yeah. They can't minimize taking casualties, but even so. Like every superhero is in a battle, if it's just a fodder character, they're killing that character, like mm-hmm. to get to the main guy. Like that's just the way it is. So like this argument is so difficult. And it's what it's the only thing about Hawkman that I didn't like was like, and I get that was his voice. That was what he was supposed to represent in this movie is you don't do this and this and that. But it's like, man, like you guys are harping on this a little bit too much. Like you're obviously not gonna win this fight. Now I do want to say Hawkman is an alien, he's not human. They didn't they didn't drop on any of that in this in this movie, which makes me wonder how they're going with this character. However, with the damage he was taking and how bad he was getting his ass beat, I think that they're going to say he's he's an alien because there's no way a human, even with wings of armor, is going to take the beating that he took. You know, so I'm I'm that is the problem with just dropping the Justice Society in there. I like the character. I like this guy um, and I like I like the way it looked but I need to know more about it. Like I, I really do. Cause I want to know more about it. Like I really enjoy the character. I want to know how he gets to this point or something after this, at least. And hopefully we'll get that. Sarah, what'd you think of Hawkman? Oh my God. He was such a pompous asshole in the beginning. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, he just, no. he just struts in there and like, it's kind of like, he was kind of like Bruce Wayne. Like he's a billionaire in this. I mean, dude, dude has yeah. Of money. And that was a pretty damn nice spread. He had it going on too. Um, and it felt very, um, what was it? 
Professor X's school because like with the ground opening up and yeah. that was very yes that's exactly what you know I thought about that but um no he just walks in and how are you gonna walk this like this being that's you know been a that just has awoken after five thousand years you know it's powerful as shit you just gonna walk up to him and be like uh yeah we're we're gonna need you to come with us now um we're just gonna you know you you need to we're gonna shut you down mm-hmm. I'm like who are you I'm like really what and and maybe that would help, you know, have a little bit of background. Like, what have you done in the past to, you know, warrant you just strutting right in thinking somebody's just going to bow down to your, you know, it's almost, it's like, um, it's almost like a military, I guess a military infiltration too, because, you know, they just kind of swooped in and saying, hey, we're, we're going to do it this way. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to, we'll clean out all the back. It's like, we're not really going to clean out all the bad guys for you guys here. You know, the people that actually live here, but we're just going to take this guy back with us. And you think yeah. there's going to be no opposition at all. Mm-hmm. You know, especially the fact when you have the entire city or the town, they're like, um, he's our savior. Who are you? You get mm-hmm. the hell out of here. We're good. So, but it was nice to see as far as throughout the film that there was a different kind of eased up just a hair. Um, kind of saw that, you know, it's, like I said, you don't see black and white. You gotta see the shades of gray. Mm-hmm. So I thought I thought that was that was pretty interesting. So, but then it was it was nice to see the relationship between he and Doctor Fate as well. So right. it's almost like they like Doctor Fate kind of kept him in check and vice versa. So I mean, they were kind of a good foil for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the dude right off the bat, I was like, oh my god, who the hell is this guy? Oh yeah, jeez. <laughs> like, I, I do love they make it a point to bring that up with, with whenever Just Society comes there and they're like, you know, we're here to liberate you. And he's like, mm-hmm. they're like, no, you've never been here before. And now all of a sudden he's here and he just liberated this entire city. Mm-hmm. And now you're trying to take him. So, no, get the F out of here. Yeah, that was exactly. pretty cool. They portrayed that. And, and that's um, yeah, that's a reflection of, of real life <laughs> in mm-hmm. some situations with things, too. You know, so it's like, well, I mean, what can you do? Ross, what do you think of Hawkman? Well, first off, that storyline, I think is going to be like even better done in the next movie I got tickets for. But um, Hawkman was the, my biggest problem with the character or with the character in this movie. Uh, we just drop in like Waller's just ready to call him up and be like, do a thing like and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Put together a team. He's like, oh, I'm putting together a team. I'm like, <laughs> exactly. did I walk into this movie late? Yeah. Like, was there another 30 minutes? I don't understand right. because I'm going to tell you, I don't know enough about Hawkman. I don't know. I didn't know he was from another planet. It did make me question on whether or not like he could truly take that type of beating because I'm like, where does this come from? What is a suit made out of? I'm like, and not only that, like the dude can put on his cow and his wings can come out of nowhere. But in order to see infrared, he has to say infrared vision. <laughs> and so like the whole time I'm sitting there thinking, who is this guy and why does he deserve the accolades that they're putting on the screen when they haven't given me the, you know, the path to get to that myself? Um, the actor, let me not, let me not rob anything from this. The actor did a fantastic job. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love, I love the way that he acted. It, he didn't take me out of the character. I just didn't know the character well enough to be into the character. Um, I liked, you know, he, he had his little spinning mace. I guess it wasn't really a mace, but, you know, the mm-hmm. the ball. And yeah. then turn around and, you know, had the axe, which was really cool. 
I liked his suit. I did only think that it was probably, you know, when you start, start talking about like practicality when it comes to suits. And mm-hmm. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Dr. Fate couldn't really see, like, how do you see through that? But I kept looking at <laughs> Hawkman's eyes and I kept trying yeah, to figure out like, <laughs> how, how is he seeing, like, how does he have such good vision? Because I saw him struggle as an actor with looking at certain things in this movie. And so that part was comical and I was like a hawk. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. My biggest takeaway is I didn't get enough about him and like yeah. I needed that. And that was one of my biggest down points or uh, down. But, my, but what was interesting too, is like with the suicide squad is the boy afterwards, he was, he even made the point or the connection is like, yeah, it, it felt like suicide squad. Mm. I'm like, Okay, I don't know if it's just the fact of seeing Waller, or if it's just the fact of just assembling this team out of nowhere, or what. But I was like, okay, a twelve-year-old boy figured that one out. I was like, okay. <laughs> so my question is, you know, they the Suicide Squad did the same thing. They just dropped characters in, and and we're expected to know these characters, we're learning these characters from the little bit that we get of them here. But then they do stuff like they turn around and they make a Peacemaker show. So would you do you would you be excited if they turned around and you heard about like a Justice Society show? where these characters are more fleshed out and maybe even more characters after this, or would you rather it be a movie? Cause I think you could flesh these characters out really well in a show and still have them in the movies, especially since they've already been in one. Either or my biggest problem is I don't get the building. I keep getting the aftermath, right? They keep doing patchwork and I don't want patchwork. I want like, you don't build a building starting at the penthouse. Like give me right. the foundation and then build me up from there. That's what I want. And I keep feeling like it's always, you know, like, Suicide Squad, the second one was a real math movie for me. And mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, Peacemaker was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Yeah. Loved that show. If I could have had all that going into it, I'm not saying that it would have made the show better or the movie better, but I knew what I was getting going into Suicide Squad. Connect some right. dots. point, Suicide Squad is mm-hmm. like, all right, if you take a bunch of things, shake them up, and you know, like die, you know, I just want to throw them out and see what happens. Like that suicide squad. Mm-hmm. And you throw in a random villain when they flushed out peacemaker. So, so much better. If I can oh, yeah. just Hawkman alone, not to mention like, you know, all the other characters, or you want to bring the whole society, any of it. I'm here for the story. I want a story. Okay. I agree. That's something I want too. Uh, I, I'm going to combine Adam and Cyclone because they were kind of secondary characters in this. Like of the main Justice Society, it focused more on Dr. Fate and and, uh, and Hawkman. And we got a little bit of Adam and Cyclone. I like these characters. I like their powers. The suits look good. I like the way they're portrayed. I'm really, really glad they didn't go down a romantic path with these yeah. two. It started to look like that's where they were going with this. And I was like, oh, no, I don't need this in this movie. And they didn't, at least in this movie. So I was happy they didn't go down that way. But the, the actors that played the characters and the way it looked, and the, I loved it. But once again, I just want to know more about them. Like, I'd like to see. I felt like we I got more of a background on them than awesome. the other ones. Huh? felt like we got more of a background on them than the other ones. Yeah, they had. I mean, they had very few little short snippets mm-hmm. in the background where they're always kind of in the background waiting for things. Uh, one problem I had with Adam is I feel like they tried to they tried to give you a, kind of a Disney-fied Deadpool. And it's kind of my fear of what Disney's going to do to Deadpool because that's kind of what we got. He's just this quip, funny quip, clueless kind of guy. The suit even looked like kind of a red dead, you know, blue Deadpool suit. 
Like, and I, once again, you know, things are copied and you can only do so many things, but I just feel like he was the supposed to be comic relief in this. And there were a few moments where it was like, okay, that's funny. But then there were a few moments where it was like, okay, that was just, we could have done without that. You know, I was waiting for him to go, Hey, <laughs> yeah. like when you bring in Henry Winkler, I'm like, why would you not just do one yeah. little homage? <laughs> that is true. But, uh, but overall, I mean, I like the characters. I just, I just need to know more about them. Like I, I thought the way they portrayed cycle and her powers was really cool. Mm-hmm. Looked awesome. You know, I just want to know more about it. Like, this seems like a character that could be really, really powerful. Let's see how powerful she can be. Um, what do y'all think? Well, I, mean, I felt like they were just kind of, you know, side characters. I mean, as far as the, I mean, and, and like I was saying, I feel like you got more of a background on them because you heard a little bit of snippet about um, um, Cyclone, how she kind of, you know, she kind of mentioned a little something like how, what happened with her. And then, of course, with Adam Smasher, it was like, okay, well, He's like second generation. Okay, I got a hand-me-down suit, which is vintage. Mm. Um, yeah, the Henry Winkler that was that was unexpected. You're like, whoa, okay, that's kind of cool. Um, but I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't think I really had a problem with the kid, Adam Smasher, like doing what you know, being kind of like the comic relief because I just saw him as a young kid that he didn't know what in the hell he was doing. All right. Yep. This is their first mission, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't really expecting a whole lot of him. I didn't expect him to come in on like, you know, Hawkman level and be like, oh, I know exactly what to do. I mean, you know, it's almost kind of like, you know, when you first meet, um, and, and, and you know, I can c- compare it to Spider-Man and Marvel in um, Civil War. You know, the first time you see him, you know, he's always, he was, I mean, I'm not saying he was a comic relief, but I mean, he was a young kid coming in, you know, this superpower and just, you know, trying to fit in like what can i do you know mm-hmm. um so i mean i yeah some of it might have been that that might have been some of the humor that I was like okay yeah you're kind of forcing a little bit but i mean i it didn't really take me away from anything yeah i think it would i don't think it would have made as much sense if he wasn't as kind of i don't want to say goofy <laughs> but i mean that was just kind of like just you know not knowing really what to do i mean how you know you're in this the city and you just what what do i do oh well you just grow all right. That's what you do. I mean, it is what it is. And for your point, as far as the, the mask, the boy pointed out too, he's like, that's just like Deadpool. I'm like, son, there's like so many masks you can make. Right. To make it work. I mean, let's mm-hmm. build a bridge, get over it. It's fine. Right. Yeah. Like I said, it, it didn't take me out of it, but I definitely noticed it. And actually, now that you've mentioned it, it's, it's, he's almost like a combination of Spider Man and Deadpool. You yeah. know? Like, like that's the way it looks. But once again, you know, it's the character in the movies and then you can only have so many <laughs> different looks and different powers. So Ross, any thoughts? Uh, I thought Adam Smasher was, I mean, his aloofness was pretty funny. I don't think that uh, they did a good job telling like a, um, you know, veteran to rookie story here, you know, where you have, you know, Hawkman and I, I don't really think, Fate was in a position, but Hawkman was too up his own ass to really teach these other ones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't, you know, you, your comparison, Sarah, Spider-Man Civil War is perfect. I feel like he was given more of a heads up, like, here's what's going to happen. But you're also, like, super powerful, and you got a little bit of an idea of, like, how to use your powers. Here, you had... Adam Smasher with no direction. Like he didn't know where he was going to go, what he was going to do. He's like, they told me to, to, to show up and I showed up. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, played very well into the, 
me not knowing what was going on part. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the back and forth between him and Hawkman. Where it's like you and I. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it, honestly, and I, there's just nothing else to compare it to. But it felt very Sam Wilson ish. Like yes. I, I kept getting that, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, him and Ant Man, you know, mm-hmm. that back and forth, which I had no problem with because I liked it. I like that. You mean wings and like able to grow? Yeah. That kind of thing? Yeah. (laughs) And so I just wanted to see more. And I thought that, you know, come towards the end, you know, like we could possibly see a little bit more, but we didn't. We didn't get anything else out of that. Um, So I had no problem with the Admin Smasher aspect, the Cyclone. My biggest problem was that her abilities seemed more like they were established through science the way that she was explaining it right and it looked more mutant mystical uh mysticalness than it did sciencey mm-hmm. and so i was trying to understand i couldn't make that connection i had no problem with any either of their characters mm-hmm. uh, i think the actors did really good i thought that you know her whole get up right from the get uh <laughs> from the get to show up like with the boots and everything else and it's just like you know, she's super duper smart. She's got a razor blade earring, you know, like there's all sorts of weird things going on with her. But at the same time, like she's smart as shit and she's like complete, like she's a complete character. Like she doesn't, she's not bringing trauma to the table. Right. She was able to handle the things that happened to her and regurgitate them to someone that she just met with zero problems. Mm-hmm. She didn't bear any weight on her face whatsoever describing that. And so... I, I I was in it like there was nothing that took me out of it for either one of them. Mm-hmm. I thought she was a good step mentor for him. And I just don't think either one of them had a good mentor other than that. Right. And actually that one scene you're talking about there where she talks about how she came to be in their powers. They're basically just kind of going back and forth talking about their powers. It's cool mm-hmm. because like I see that and I'm like, that's a movie. I want to see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to see you get kidnapped and, and injected with anything else, but I want to see your origin. And that would be really, really cool to see how that happened. I don't know a lot about this character. So it'd be awesome to see. Um, all right. Let's. So I think we've all decided that we like the Justice Society. We just need more of them. We, we need to know more about them. Like, they, they, it would behoove them to make a movie or put them in a show or do something. But maybe it's that should have been done before this came out. I mean, we've known this movie's come out for a long time with these characters in it. They should have. But you're talking to a. A company that's you know going damn near bankrupt, so <laughs> they're putting a lot of eggs in this basket on this being good. So they had to put a lot in there. Ross, you're a music guy. Uh, I want to talk to you about the music of this movie because the music and the score was one thing me and my buddy talked about on the way home. Uh, I was impressed with the music. I liked the music choice. It sounded it, everything was good for the moments they were in, for the scenes they were in. The score I wasn't as impressed with. There wasn't like anything that stood out for me like this is Black Adam. You know, like when I hear the Wonder Woman score or, the, or like the Man of Steel, like I know, okay, this is it. There wasn't anything that stood out for me like that in this movie. Maybe going back and viewing it again, listening again, I might hear something I didn't before because I was paying attention to a lot of stuff. But as far as it goes for me, there wasn't anything like insanely impressive with the score in this. Like the music choices, just, you know, what do you think? I had zero notes on the music in this movie, and that's not like me. I'm going to tell you right now, I was more impressed by the last episode of Andor and the score and the music that they, the score that they had in that, that episode than I was in this movie. And I think that it fell very flat. Um, not that the music that they had wasn't impactful. It just didn't, 
it wasn't groundbreaking. It wasn't like it, you're bringing the rock to the screen. He should have something. He should have something and not Superman has his music like that was established decades ago. You know, Batman's always like doom and gloom with his sound. When they brought out, um, is it Tia or Tina, whoever came out with that theme for Wonder Woman? I'm like, that shit was fantastic. The whole so bass long. cello was <laughs> yeah. perfect. Um, I, I fell flat on this. I felt like they were trying to create a city and they were trying to create this little bubble of a world that they wanted to tell it in. And they had a great opportunity to mesh together different sounds that we already know and then give us something that would be bombastic for the rock. And they didn't, I, I didn't get it. Yeah. You know what they should have done? And I just thought about this and this would have been perfect because the rock has history before he was ever a, a actor of being you know, know a great actor. I know where you're going with it. They should have just taken his Brahma bull music from whenever he was yeah. a wrestler, <laughs> cut out the, do you smell what the rock is cooking? Add some orchestra yep. to that and use that as his theme. Cause that was a bad ass dude. Meat and Ross used to buy those albums of all the intros yep. for all the wrestlers and listen to those. That was a bad ass intro. Don't like think less of us. It's okay. <laughs> oh, I mean, my ears only perked up when I heard glass breaking. That's the only yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody did. You know, yeah. Uh, but there were, I mean, especially from that age of of the wrestling, the attitude era of wrestling, there were so many good intros that could come out. And this is like a sign to him. You, that's what I think they should have done. It's created something out of that for his score. Like when you hear this, you know it's the rock. Like yeah. it's the fucking Brahma Bull, man. Like I, I, I wanted to see that. And that's one spot where I think they dropped the ball in. I agree there. I think that it was massive because I'm, it wasn't until I got in the truck on the way home and I put something on to listen to that I realized I don't remember the music from this movie. Like nothing stood out to me. I don't really either. The only thing that really stands out to me is just the action. I mean, that's because that was, I think my eyes were more in tune than my ears, honestly. Yeah. And actually, that brings up a, a next point. I don't want to step on your points, Greg, but no, the visual parts of this movie, uh, some things move so fast, and some of the, like the the panning, like side to side when they were showing stuff. I tried to have the conversation last night, and apparently, I was the only one. Um, did it not feel like it? Like you were getting like motion blur on the screen? Did you guys mm -hmm. have any problems with like seeing? Uh, mm -hmm. I see this more and more and I think it's more VFX and everything else where they really try to make fast movements. And uh, I can only relate it to like when high definition started on TVs and people were watching sports and you got like that super like eight bit lag, you know, mm -hmm. where, you know, the resolution wasn't that great in the movies. It's not like that, but it's almost like I get like this dysmorphia of mm -hmm. Hmm what I'm looking at and like, it doesn't seem like it works out very well for me at all. Yeah. I picked and up so I, a few times. Yeah. So it happened way more than once. And, you know, I think that's a, a product of just CGI, you know, trying to put too much of it in there. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe it's the transformation, like from resolutions, you know, small screen, big screen. I, I always have, Anytime there's a speedster on screen, it's always like this for me because, like, they only make the characters go as fast as they need to go for that moment, yeah. you know. And and so it's like there are moments in this movie where 
Black Adam's moving so fast, like you really just see kind of a zit, like you said, like kind of a blur, and then he's there, and then kind of a blur, and he's there. And then there's other moments where it's like, is he going to make it to this bullet or not? Which you know he's going to, but it's like it's like he's struggling to get there fast enough. And I'm like, well, it's it's the same problem they have the Flash, you know, like like realistically, you've portrayed the Flash or you've portrayed this character to be as fast as they need to be to do whatever they need to do until them being that fast solves the problem. Mm-hmm. Then they're not fast enough. And it's like, well, okay. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And maybe it is just the blurriness of people moving fast on screen. It's not know. even the people moving fast. It's just the, it's it's almost like the, it's the background that, that screws it up for me. Okay. And so it's always like when they're trying to like show a shot and they want to move that shot like, just a little bit like really fast. It's the mm-hmm. background that like, I have to point out to you. It's one of those things that I'll have to look for. Like I said, I'm gonna go see it again. Yeah. So I definitely have to look for these things. And that's why I love doing these, these, these movies. Cause I go back a second time and I see so many things I didn't see the first time. You I know? think was when I really saw it, it's, it's like in that, that first epic battle, it's like when you solve black Adam up there floating and then like, he would like flinging things. It's like when he turned, that's when I noticed it was, yeah, that's when I noticed it. Cause it was just like, I picked up multiple times. You're right. That scene where like when he, when he would turn and they would turn the background with him mm-hmm. and it, whether they don't move it like a whole lot, like it's not like a real massive shift. It's more like right. a, like just like a real quick mm-hmm. movement. And when they that do that, sense. it feels yeah. like it's, you just see it's, it's, like it's, it's just almost, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. That was like the one thing is like, okay, <laughs> usually I don't point, I don't, you know, catch things like that, but it, it was, it was a bit obvious. Okay. The Mandalorian well, did it to me for one episode, and I thought that it was the volume, and then I realized that it comes more with like the, uh, it's almost like there's a translation problem between the way that they shoot and some of the effects that they try to bring into it. Also, mm-hmm. makes sense. Okay, well, I got one more point to, to bring up um, that I want to talk about, and then we'll just go through some scenes, and then we'll rank it. Um, I want to talk about one one thing my buddy brought up that he said was a problem he had for it was the dialogue. Did y'all have a problem with any of the dialogue in this? He said sometimes it was kind of strung out and unnecessary in some scenes. And I can I can get it to a certain point, what he's saying there. It wasn't a big deal for me. Um, but there were some things, like, I, I don't know. I guess maybe he, he was more or less talking about like the catchphrase thing. Like, some things were just kind of, like, forced, you know? I thought they actually, they, they, they may have forced that whole catchphrase thing a few times, but you saw it progress throughout the show, throughout the movie. And actually, yeah. the payoff at the end actually was pretty good. But I do, there's even the scene where he's trying to say it. He's like, tell the men in black, <laughs> like right before that guy dies. And I thought, but he said that he had a problem with some of the dialogue um, and it just being kind of bleh. Was that anything? Did y'all pick up on anything like that? The, I, this is the way I thought about it. Okay. You've got this guy been basically asleep prison whatever for 5,000 years mm-hmm. he comes and it's like he he does his thing and then next thing that he wakes up in this room mm-hmm. which that kid's room that was very looks like my wall yeah two of the things he had hanging on his wall were those comics and i was like yay i have yeah. those comics yeah. so he wakes up and so really the first thing first person he talks to is a kid mm-hmm. so like a lot of it and and that <laughs> I told my son this, and my husband agrees. I said that would have been my son if oh, yeah. he had woke up and because it's like question, question, like bah, 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 bah. and even when he's like, "You move, bah, 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 move, bah, bah, bah. I'm I'm moving you right now." Yeah. Bah, bah, bah. That is my son, a hundred percent. Um, but yeah, you know, some of the things. But I mean, that's like the first thing I thought was just kind of weird. How number one, you just wake up and you're just. 
speaking English. <laughs> that was one thing he said. He was like, well, how do they, how does he know English after 5,000 years? I said, you're right. That is a plot hole, but that's movie magic. I was like, I I'd, ra that. I'd rather than that. just ignore that than me have to read subtitles of the whole movie. Yeah, I get that. You know? So I'm so. like, okay, I can let that go. I'm good with that. But then again, like I said, it's, it's like, you know, he's talking to a kid that, and it's almost like he has kind of like a, I mean, he doesn't know anything about his, this, his city now. Even when he looks out, he's like, this is, I don't know this place. And, you know, and um, I can't remember the, the lady's name, but she's like, uh, yeah, this is your city. This is, this is, this is where you lived. And he's like, uh, no, but I mean, you know, 5,000 years different. Right. So really a lot of dialogue, it didn't really, it, I didn't mind it. Mm -hmm. I didn't mind it. Like I said, I, I had more issues with, you know, like the discussion we have with the Justice Society because I'm like, why is this guy being such a jerk face? And, you know, that kind of thing. I have more issues with that or, you know, just coming in and automatically assuming this is the way of the world. Right. So, um, I mean, yeah, but for the most part, I mean, like I said, there was probably some jokes that were, might have been a little bit forced. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I mean, it's a rock movie. I mean, I'd, I'd probably... That's what I expect. I mean, I expect right. a kind of dialogue like that. I expect, you know, like subtle jokes like that, you know, little right. one quippers and, you know, that kind of thing, like the sarcasm. <laughs> well, it was funny because that, that part you just mentioned about him speaking English after 5,000 years. And I, and I was like, well, and I told my friend, I was like, you got to you got to kind of have movie magic. You got to have belief. I was like, because we always we always have aliens from other planets mm -hmm. that speak English and we don't question it. You know, uh, Iron Man's in a suit that, yeah, while it's an iron suit, I can get into a car wreck and I'm still going to get hurt. Like if you fall from 3,000, you know, 30,000 feet in the air, even if you're wearing an iron suit, it's going to be like being in a terrible car crash. You're not going to mm -hmm. just get up. So you have to, at some point in time, you have to suspend belief. And it's and not like, okay, Star Trek. To make we don't have a universal work. translator. <laughs> yeah, to make this work. And, and he, he was like, yeah, that's a good point. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's just... Um, it is one thing to nitpick, but at the same time, I'd rather him, I'd rather just believe that than read subtitles like for half the movie until he learns English or whatever. So I was like, okay, that, that's cool. One simple line could have fixed that, you know, like, uh, you know, the wizard's magic is like, you know, all encompassing or like unknown sure. or, you know, like one simple thing could have fixed that, uh, because it was, it was, it was just such a shock. Like, just, yeah, cause th just think about it. Even 5,000 years ago like the English language is not even created yet. Correct. And the mm -hmm. wizards are speaking the English language to give him the power. And I'm like, okay, so like you gotta, yeah. Okay. There we go. Definitely gotta have some. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There could be anything. All I needed mm -hmm. was something. Yeah. That's all that I needed. Just I something. Because the, once again, when you leave it up to me, I start poke, poking holes mm -hmm. and <laughs> I don't do that out of like any reason of other than like, my brain starts going, but how? Right. <laughs> or, but why? Mm -hmm. And so don't leave it open for me. Like, that's the problem. I, get I that. think that so many other things do a very good job of like, this is why. And you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> um, dialogue, though. The kid didn't do it for me. Um, I think all of his lines fell a little flat. It felt like he was... Uh, I could have gone, you know, having him a little bit more fanboyish. I could have gone having him being a little bit more anything. He reminded me of the kids off of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. And it was very, very like C rated kid acting. 
Uh, Like they just plucked him out of somewhere and I thought that they could have done more with it. And I came to that thought at the end when, um, you know, the other dude took the throne and all the dead people started coming up and he went to go rally the troops and, you know, he threw up the bang sign and like everyone was okay with it. And the whole time I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, he, he, there's just so much more that he could be doing. He could be acting so much more, or he could be saying something so much, so much different. Like Mm -hmm. the the kid fell flat for me. And I think that it starts with the lines that they gave him. And I, I was expecting a little bit more out of it. I didn't get it. I like the uncle. I thought that it was so stupid. He was going to die of electricity. And then he kept screwing around with black Adam. I'm like, the dude's got lightning <laughs> out of his fingertips. Yeah, yeah they mentioned that. Die by electricity. Mm-hmm. Well, he's then think about this. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. That's a problem for me. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like that, though, because, like, at the end, he was like, it's okay. I can go do this. I know I'm not going to die from this. You know? Oh, like, okay, no, well, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Although, uh, I, I, I do want to know how him and her got Black Adam from that hole into that bed. Black, it, like, Brock's got to weigh, what, probably close to 280 290 oh, pounds. And did you see those flights of stairs? Yeah, like there's no way. I mean, yeah, because yeah, he like floated down. He's like, I'm not. He's like, and did y'all notice too? I don't think he walked in one scene in this movie. He did. He's floating. Well, is he okay? He's he's floating yeah. the and the whole time I'm looking at him like I know it's the rock, but I'm like, there's no way your legs get that big if you're floating the whole time. Even though I know if I had the ability to fly, <laughs> I would float everywhere too. So I mean, I, you know, I'm not not mad at him. No about way it. you get gains yeah. without that walking. Pain. That's right. There's no way without without using them legs. Them legs are getting because his legs are as big around my waist. It's insane. Yeah. This guy's fucking huge, man. I did think that, uh, you know, the the question was in my head, like, well, if you could, would you? And that is like, if you could fly, would you just fly all the time? Everywhere, I would. Everywhere right. I went, I would fly. I would. My but after a while, yeah. it comes off very pompous. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like when your legs aren't moving and you're just doing things and you're just like floating around, like it's it's, it's a whole nother character attribute that you know some people don't need. I mean. He did because he walked down the stairs because I think he started to realize it was almost like uh like it was almost like vision in uh, Age of mm-hmm. Ultron, like when he mm-hmm. started to, like put on the clothes and the cape and everything, he realized yeah. back at him that he needed to kind of like be more like the people he was around and right. not just like the five thousand year old weirdo that he was for five seconds before he died. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh all right, well let's let's talk about some scenes. Um I'll talk about, I'll start us off the, um, I thought, because I wasn't really paying attention to time at this point where he's captured and he says, I won't say the word anymore. And they put him in this. I thought that was how they were going to end the movie. And I was like, oh no, they just ruined this movie for me. Oh no, like <laughs> it can't end like this. And then it didn't end up in like that, which is great. But uh, that scene for me, I was just like, I don't know, man. I just don't, I don't with everything they've done with him, even with the character progression, I don't see him just giving up like that. Like even with him looking down and being like, well, look at the destruction I've caused. I just don't see him being like, yeah, I'll I'll give up and I'll never say it again. Like that one didn't sit well with me. I was like, they could have, I mean, the only other option to get him in, in captivity is to capture him, you know, but they've obviously showed that he has a weakness in this. They didn't, they showed that he has a weakness. They never exploited it. Not one time. In, in, in this movie, like the Earth Theorem or whatever it is, 
the oh, stuff the that they're mining. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's like his weakness. Every time he comes in contact with it, it hurts. It's the only thing that hurts him. But they never, ever mention it, and they never... It's, it's like they're planting the seed for, like, this is his kryptonite. So in the future movie, you know, somebody's going to use this. But they never mention it at all in this movie. And it's like, well, you could have used that to figure out a better way than him just saying, okay, I give up. Even though he had absolutely no need to because there's nobody stopping him. You know? That one didn't sit that well with me. I was like, ah, they should have written that a little better. But it's part of his character development, I guess. It's him deciding not to be a complete villain. You know? So that one didn't sit well with me. But they also, them having to... uh, don't don't tell another thing because you already just described two. So hold on before you go, you go <laughs> okay, tell yeah, another yeah. one. <laughs> go Sorry, go ahead then. Sarah, you want to go? Oh, I just thought like the like the I guess we'll just call them what they are, the killing scenes. I don't know what it was. I'm like, just give me violence. I I just loved it, you know, and, and that's the whole that shit was so epic. I mean, literally, I'm sitting here watching it's like, whoa, oh, oh. Oh, <laughs> and I was the only one. So it was, it was, yeah, that was, that was pretty epic, especially like when, you know, it was first awoken and just because these mercenary guys, they were like total assholes too. I mean, they just came in just thinking, oh, we're just going to shoot it. Oh, you going to shoot it. Okay. All right. Go right ahead. You know, not every um, answer is to shoot it, but, um, but yeah, it's just like the way you just flipping helicopters and just, Loved how he just kept taking the folks right up to like this freaking stratosphere. It's like, oh, um, interrogation scenes are just fantastic too. Oh, you gonna tell me? Because one, the first one that tells me is like, you know, you're you're live. Oh, well, you're not gonna tell me. Okay, fool. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was just, oh, that, <laughs> it that was, was a bit much. Yeah, <laughs> but it was awesome. I loved it. With that scene, uh, that's where I was. I was trying to figure out this, like what the movie was going to do because like it was literally like a bang, bang, shoot him up up to that point. And mm-hmm. so I was trying to understand like, if he's going to keep killing people, okay, then where are we going to get a story at? And clearly the story is going to be like, it's all about this city, which it was. And then like when you said, Greg, when you reached that moment to where, you know, he said the words, like you're trying to figure out like, okay, so now he's done, but then I was realizing that like, well, there's no plot here. Like we haven't been given anything other than him coming out and killing people. Mm-hmm. Where are we going to move on? How are they going to build anything that, that this character, black Adam rock or was it? Tef at Adam. Tef Adam. And so when you're sitting there trying to figure out like, what's the problem going to be? And they, they pulled a Superman. And to where, like, you know, Superman decided he didn't want to be Superman anymore. And all of a sudden, he he went on ice, you know, like, yeah. like they, they completely iced the character. And, like, you know, like, that's that's exactly what needed to happen or else you weren't going to understand, number one, how the big bad was going to succeed. And number two, why he was so important. Like, why was Black Adam, like, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. And I knew... The beginning of this thing didn't sit right with me, like with the whole kid and the, you know, the sword and then the wizards and like everything else. I'm like, something's missing. Like none of this really makes logical sense. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why they were so vague. I had a problem with the son handing the power over so easy, but it also showed um, 
what am I looking for here? It showed like the the open mindedness of like a kid, right? Like you know, like I would do anything to like help because kids don't know any better. You know, there's no sacrifice in a kid's mind that's too great for their parents if they're treated right. Right. So that was half of it, and then the other half was, you know, the bad guy needed to sh- needed time to show back up and do bad things, and you got both of those and. I keep saying that bang, bang, shoot him up because I was looking for a whole lot more. And, you know, I expected the justice society to maybe come in and do some things and act like they were like the justice society rather than like the, we showed up here at the wrong time society. (laughs) The other thing, what was the other point that you were making, Greg? He said that. And then, Oh, the Ethereum. That seemed like a perfect perfect thing to happen i'm like why why is it the one thing that comes from the place where he's at um we've seen it before we're here to see it again and not only that like homegirl's rocking his wife's necklace Mm -hmm. like was that not the same necklace because it sure looked like the same necklace to me that that his wife had whenever they did the flashback scene Mm -hmm. and so here i am looking at it i'm like what kind of connection do these people have but also how are we once again in the one place where this one thing exists and it's the one thing that screws with him. I'm like, come on people. Mm -hmm. I know, I know you can only tell the story so many times, but make it like a little bit more far fetched. No, no, I I agree. That was, uh, that, that was, like I said, that was my, one of my big issues is they show a couple of times, especially right off the bat, like right away. As soon as the first time you see him, you see him get cut in the stomach. Mm-hmm. You know, with the stuff. So you're like, okay, bam, they just showed us a weakness. Mm-hmm. Then you see the point where he punches the crown and it hurts and then his it hand. screws with him and then he fixes himself. Yeah. Why don't you just fix yourself to begin with? Right. Yeah. So, so like, th- those things are kind of, I don't know, man. I, I think that wasn't very well handled. Like, like I said, I think that they, you could have had a point where you defeated him because you've learned what his weakness is. But I think that when you do that, it takes away from the mid credit scene. And that's why they didn't do that. And we're going to talk about that in a minute, but I think that when you do that, it takes away from that scene, and it's like, well, okay, I'll I'll make that sacrifice to get what I get. But when you tell me that Hawkman is not from this world, you saying those words took more away from that bit credit scene from me too, because hmm. it went back to you know maybe you don't need to fight someone from from this world, maybe you need to fight someone from not from this world. I'm like, yeah. wait a second, if he's not from that? this world, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's why I'm wondering where they're doing what they're doing with him on this because, like, I mean, he everything he had looked like a machine on his back, looked like a mechanical set of wings. That's Hawkman has wings like that are part of his body. <laughs> like, so as far as I understand it, and he, he expresses pain when they're being ripped, apparently, yeah. because he was doing that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where they're going to go with that, but uh, I'm trying to think some more scenes. Uh, I did love the brother. Um, he had some good comment relief. I feel like they did the baby come back song and they were trying to have a really funny moment with him. And that was wrong song because we've already had a moment in this fantasy genre world where somebody used that as, as a couple of times that specific song. And it's like, there's a lot of funnier song, funny songs you could put in there. I just feel like they could have used a different song. I know? mean, just because he was hung up on his ex. Like, yeah. Think... Yeah. It was fitting. It was really messed up how bad that he sang. Like he was a very bad singer. <laughs> yeah. A very oh. bad singer. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was going to die, you know, when mm-hmm. he gets shot. And I was like, oh, okay, well, there you go. And then they take the stakes away a little bit when he doesn't. But 
Okay. The guy that shot him. Gold-plated gun. If you're going to tell me ever again that the person with a gold gun is not a villain, you can just go away and stop watching things. And <laughs> also, the moment he had a gold gun, I'm like, he's the bad guy. And that's also, you know, I didn't even notice it was a gold gun. It's even more disbelievable now because you know as good as I do when you got the golden gun, it's a one-shot kill. <laughs> you know, that's why you go for the golden gun in that game is because it's the one-shot kill. But uh, <laughs> little uh, video game humor there. Uh, I'm trying to think. What else about this movie stood out? What are some other scenes we want to talk about? Sarah, you got anything I want to talk about the bad guy real fast, and it's going to be yeah. real short. Yeah. If you have a problem with any other CGI and not that CGI, I don't understand it. Because I had I did not... I, I completely admit, like, the She-Hulk scenes, some of them were really atrocious, but they're CGI. Mm-hmm. I, was on, I was sitting right there with this same parallel mm-hmm. with that guy. I give you that. I didn't. I didn't particularly like the final look. I didn't like the idea of ripping the horns off as being his, Mm-mm. like the way Mm-mm. to defeat him. Horns off. He ripped. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I guess half. he ripped him, he ripped him <laughs> in half. Yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, I would have been I okay mean, with him ripping the horns off. I but... thought that's what they were going for because of the way yeah. he was holding, I was like, he's gonna snap mm-hmm. those things off. And but no, I was not prepared for that one. <laughs> well, I get. Uh, the villain was somebody. It's funny because like you knew right from the get go, right from the jump, from the first scene, from the first time you see him, like that's the bad guy. Like, I knew right away. I'm like, I'm, not, I'm sure they weren't trying to hide it. If I noticed it that quickly, it had to have been something they were trying to be like, let everybody know, hey, this guy's the bad guy. Especially when he gets crushed and rock, and you're like, okay, he's going to be back. Don't worry. This guy's the bad guy. But uh, I don't know, man. Um, the crown thing was weird. Like I said, they, they need to... I need more Black Adam. I need more Just uh, I need this story more fleshed out. You know, uh, I, I think that this is, could be a really good story where they're going. I just... Um, I just don't know where it's going in the future. And especially with, we'll go ahead and say it with like the death of Dr. Fate. Like you have this movie where this is the first time I've seen this character and now he dies. I'm assuming the helmet's going to be passed on to somebody else. We're going to get a new Dr. Fate, but it's like, damn, I think Pierce Brosnan was like perfect for that role and that part, but I don't know what's going to happen in the future. And I don't know how I feel about Hawkman picking up Dr. Fate's helmet and being able to use his powers. Because well, they only I'm, laid the groundwork for that, so that's the only way that I thought it was acceptable. Yeah, I mean, because he, he did say this is a trick he taught me, you know, and they they focus on the helmet when it drops and everything else. But it's like I just feel like with Doctor Fate in that moment, like if you know your third option is to call Black Adam and and release him and bring him into this fight, why don't you just wait till he gets there before you go in? <laughs> like, like just wait till he gets there. Like, don't even go in, <laughs> fight the villain until he gets there. And then well, go ahead and fight him. You gotta, you know, uh, prevent him from getting to that point, or else he gets there a whole lot faster. Mm. That's a good point. My death has to mean something. That's true. That's true. But I thought they did a good job. Um, trying to think, what else? I guess there's only one real big scene I want to talk about, and that's the mid-credit scene. You know, which I was telling my friend that that uh, this is my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> It was a good movie. Like, like we'll go through rankings here in a little while. It was a good movie. It's not perfect by any means, but it was a good movie. But this is by far my favorite part of the movie. Um, seeing Henry Cavill on the big screen in the suit talking as Clark Kent, or I was talking as Superman. Like, it just, it, it brought a smile to my face. I clapped. I stood up. I was like, yes. Like, there weren't people in theater, so I didn't care. Amazing. And I love it. And I absolutely love it. And I love that. If what we get, if all we get out of Black Adam is him coming back as Superman, it's what I needed. 
Like I do, I do think it's it. so, I do think it's so funny <laughs> that so many people have been petitioning for him to come back for so long. And it's no, 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 no. The Rock's like, yeah, I want Henry Cavill as Superman. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it, Rock. We got you. No problem. Let's do it. <laughs> like it's like who's running? Like one of those studios is the Rock running the whole studio? That's a good it question. Seems like it, you know? <laughs> like it seems like it. But hey, I'm glad he fought for him to come back because I love that. Um, but let's talk about this post, this mid credit scene. And I had to Google if there was a post credit because I'm glad I did because otherwise I would have sat there the whole time. There's not a post credit from ever watching this. I hadn't seen it yet. But what y'all think? Was that a good, nice little snippet for for Superman to come in? Were y'all expecting more? Maybe a fight? Or did y'all get what y'all expected out of that? Got less than what I expected. Really? Um, okay. Mainly You're because him to be in the movie. Well, no, I just I don't know, man. Like I'm trying to figure out with the purpose of having him there. Like, would you go big or go home? And I felt like all they did was just show up. I mean, literally, all he did was show up. Um. I hate it because it, it, you know, mid or post credit scenes seem like they're a promise and they have to find a way to like deliver. And so mm-hmm. what bothers me is that I don't know what they're doing with this. <laughs> you know, how do you make a promise now? I think Henry Cavill is a perfect Superman. I think he's fantastic. I love like, you know, his uh, calm, collective demeanor. I, you know, the man is clearly like a, a, a just a set of mass, and then there's so much more about him that it's just so much more you can do with him as Superman. And then to bring him back in a scene like this, and I'm like, well, you didn't do anything. No, that he showed up right after her little drone was blown up, and she made the threat. Mm-hmm. You know, he literally showed up in the dust of it. Yeah, I just needed something something else i get that uh and and yeah i, I would have wanted something else like i like maybe if you're gonna defeat him like that was another option you know that that cavill's coming in you could have used superman to come in and defeat him like the first time he ever plays him but um i don't know i get, I get what you're saying you needed something else i just needed to see it like i needed to see mm-hmm. that it was actually real because honestly i'm not gonna lie even with all the stuff i've read up to this point i still was like when am I going to see it? Like, you can ask my friend, like, the movie ended, and I was like, it's got to be the mid credit scene. Like, I know I've got to see Henry Cavill here somewhere. Got to be the mid credit scene. Um, but I just love seeing him in the suit. Sarah, what do you think? Did it work for you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I, um, Brian, actually, I think he stumbled across that as well. He's like, I think I just saw something I wasn't supposed to see. I'm like, well, that's, that's, that happens. I mean, but I mean, it it's like Waller seeing her, it just kind of, um, she always shows up and just tries to shit talk. She tries to bully. And I mean, I, and I get, you know, that's her character. I get that. Um, because that's, you know, how it started, you know, in the beginning, bringing in, um, the justice society. She's like, I got a problem. I need you to handle. And then she just pops in. She's like, Oh, Hey, so it's like, this is now going to be your prison. This is where you're going to stay. You will not leave out of here. It's like, Oh really? And who's going to make me? So it's like you got that little level of shit talking back and forth. Um, but then to see, it's like you, you knew immediately, you know, it's it's like you just you just knew it. You just knew it. So you see it and then you see him walk in and everybody's face up. Just like, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, there he is. I think everybody, I don't, bring him back, 
Cavill as Superman. Yes, I will take that 100% any day. I will, I will take it. I'm good with it. I mean, I would hate for this to be the only time that you would see him because that would like that would just suck on so many levels. But I don't know. I mean, if The Rock got him to do this, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe there's hope. Yep. What does it all mean, Basil? That's where I'm left. Like, I'm trying to yes. figure out, like, what do you do with it? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to put it out in the world, uh, yeah, when all the theories were happening, the first thing that I thought was uh, we were still watching Rings of Power. And I'm like, Henry Cavill could be the prince that is promised. He could be that person. You know, he could come <laughs> back and keep going. But the problem is, is that Warner Brothers is going to fuck it up. Sure They're they going to do something like I'm somehow, sure some way it's going to get screwed screwed up. Mm-hmm. The rumors keep saying that, you know, He's going to come back and do a Man of Steel 2. Cool rumors. But I'm going to tell you, I felt like I could have watched this movie mm-hmm. with, if, if you don't really touch too heavy on like the whole Justice Society aspect of it, as a standalone movie. Mm-hmm. If, if you need Waller to be your Nick Fury and she's going to connect these dots, I'm okay with that. But mm-hmm. Now you bring in Superman and I'm like, you're making promises that I'm not sure that your literal checkbook can handle. Right. So what are we doing? Mm-hmm. And that's what I've always been afraid of. Like, you know, at the end of peacemaker earlier mm-hmm. this year, the beginning of this year, they bring back the characters. I'm like, okay, but what are you doing? Because right. no one knows what you're doing and either you have a plan or you have no plan. And all you're trying to do is just keep people coming back. Right. That that's my biggest fear with it too, man. Like mm-hmm. I love seeing Henry Cavill on screen, but like I was talking to my buddy about this after we got out, and I was like, I I I want a Man of Steel too, even though I feel like I want Zack Snyder to direct a Man of Steel too, because that's the that's the Man of Steel I love is like the the one he created. I don't think that somebody else can't give me a good one. My problem is I don't want Henry Cavill to come back as Superman and him be like Black Adam's biggest villain. Like I don't want a Black Adam versus Superman movie. I want Black Adam to connect to Shazam. Mm-hmm. Like, cause it should. And I'm hoping they're not replacing Shazam with Superman. I want to see Superman, but I want to see Superman in a Superman movie, not a Shazam can't handle this. So Superman's going to come in and take out Black Adam because you're putting Henry Cavill and The Rock on screen together. Like, I want to see them on screen right together. Now. I don't want it to be the next movie. You know? I can, I can purse this whole thing out for you real fast. Number one, you come out with the with the Man of Steel two, and at the very end of Man of Steel two, you have him trying to figure out what the connection with Ethereum is to the rest of these two. You have Shazam two; he does his whole little thing. At the end of Shazam two, you have him realizing that there's another weird super powered person out there who looks like him, but is stuck in one little area of the world and is black, and he's all you know a red and a kid. Okay. Now we're going to turn around and what are we going to have? We're going to have Black Adam 2 or, you know, the, uh, we can call it whatever you want to call it, the lightning bolt of doom. And all of a sudden <laughs> you have Shazam and Black Adam going at it. And maybe Shazam through your Black Adam 2. I don't know, whichever one, you're your choice, pick one. And then what do you have? The conundrum of Superman trying to figure out if it's proper to use Ethereum to take down both of these characters Whereas he would hate being taken down with his, his own little kryptonite. That's true. Boom. You can, that, that's a four to five movie thing right there. Sign them up. There you go. 
That's a that's a great plan. That's a really really good plan. I that's do probably one that. better one than they have. <laughs> it is a plan. <laughs> Bad plans better than no plan. <laughs> you go. Good tie back. You know that's why. Uh, I like it. I do want to mention in the chat that Valerian here says I don't think Dwayne was the person for this character. To be honest, that's interesting because I think of all for me personally, I think of all the things they did right, which they did a lot of things right. I think he nails the character. The the prop. The problem with using the rock and anything like this is he's so much bigger than everybody else. They actually had to demuscle him for like CGI demuscle him for the other scenes. <laughs> yes. Like this guy's so big. Henry Cavill's a huge guy. Like he's he's a mammoth guy. The rock makes him look tiny. And that's that's the issue with using the rock is is he looks like that suit he's wearing is not a padded suit. <laughs> like that's just like him, you know, and that, that that's the issue. Um but I, I don't know. I mean, I guess everybody has their opinion, and, and maybe if you didn't like The Rock in that role, um, I mean, it's the one the character that he's been casted in for years. Um, I think he embodies the character pretty well, but I can I can get, I guess, to an extent, somebody not liking it. I mean, it's just everybody has their it's tough. Face. Yeah, it's tough so. because everyone knows The Rock, and everyone knows The Rock is like a good person. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cena and Peacemaker, prime example. Cena is so much of the character of Peacemaker. And I think that Black Adam comes from a place where he's 5,000 years old and he's all of a sudden being woken up mm-hmm. and he doesn't know what world he's in. You know, it's, he, he has complete, uh, like an out of body experience because he has no idea where he's at. You don't get the rock in this. You get the rock's body, but you don't get the rock. Right. He's, he's got so, a lot of bravado and charisma about him usually in his roles that he, he didn't get to carry with this one. That's a good point. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see in the future what happens with the rock and this man of steel thing. Cause like him being a superhero now, and I'm assuming they're planning on putting him in more movies. I know that in most movies he's in where he's in an action scene. There's always a stipulation where he can't lose, where he can't take more punches than the person who's punching him where, you know, like, cause I know that was a big thing with him and Vin Diesel in like the fast series. Like both of them had this thing where it was like, well, I can't lose to this guy. Like contractually, I can't lose. And I have to have as many hits as he has type thing. Like they're very, very petty about that, about losing on screen. Maybe it's the wrestling in him coming out. I'm not sure. Sounds but, like but a family problem. To, <laughs> I want to see how they handle that in the future. And maybe it's not in this stipulations in this contract, but I know in the fast series, that was a big thing. Like him and Vin Diesel had a thing about both of them wanted to be the top guy, the top dog, you know? And it was like, well, okay. But he did call for Henry Cavill to come to this. So I imagine maybe he'll, and it is Superman. So, he wants uh, nothing more than to to toe up with Superman. Yeah. Problem is, is that I don't think that that's the right path for them to go down right off the bat. They need to build up to it. I think that's yeah. a good good way to go. But they need to build up to that. I agree. I, I need to see Black Adam become a villain for Superman to take him out. I don't feel like Black Adam's a villain right now. He's villainous and he has the potential, but he's not a villain right now. I need to see him become a villain in Shazam and then Superman help him handle him as a villain. That like basically what you'd laid out there. So yeah. I don't know, man. I'm just excited that we have Henry Cavill back. It's just <laughs> it's just amazing. Like I said, I, I literally stood up and clapped my hands and cheered. I was so excited. It was the best thing I could have seen on screen. I'm so happy this guy's back. And I'll go ahead and make the prediction. We'll get Ben Affleck back too. I know he's coming back for another scene and, and some movies, but we'll get him back. He'll he'll get recast as Batman again. All these Zack Snyder characters they got rid of and wanted to get go totally away from this world they're realizing are the perfect characters for these roles. Not knocking Pattinson. He does a great job with Batman. I oh, get yeah. that. But the characters that he cast for these, well, maybe minus Amber Heard, um, 
were perfect for these roles. Well, she was perfect did, for that role. She's just kind of a piece of shit person. But did they show all of their faces? All of who's I'm trying face? to remember, uh, like all the uh, Justice League. Like I know they showed Momoa's body. Did they show his face. Uh, I don't think so. I don't remember showed, seeing anybody else's faces. You're talking about just should. like from like the on the walls, the pictures on the walls and stuff. No, didn't they do like a like a live character jump back where they had uh like uh, Momoa was coming out of like a like he's like in a ship with their steam and then you had Batman. I think he was in was he in the armor suit? Mm-hmm. He was in one of them, yeah, because he was like up high. It, it was yeah. like from looking yeah. down. Mm. And so like there were so many like fast clips of that stuff in this mm-hmm. movie. And once again, as I'm sitting there, I'm like. This means nothing if you don't do with it. If you don't do it, what you should do with it, mm-hmm. and that's what I kept getting worried about. And I'm I'm going to stand by it because I'm in the camp, like you said, Greg. That if they do something with it, by all means, like carry those characters and keep pushing forward. You can erase everything backwards and call it whatever you want to. Like if Flash is your way of making this happen, by all means, make it happen and hopefully change the Flash character. But got to keep all these other characters you know yeah no i, I agree i agree um okay so i'm trying to think is there anything else you want to bring up about this any scenes that stuck out set out for y'all I, I know i'm going to go see this again so i'll probably have more to say about it as we continue you know the show but um was there anything else that stood out in y'all's minds so we're doing spoilers but we're not trying to spoil the entire movie for people so <laughs> i don't know what much left <laughs> yeah okay. i mean well, People I want to get rank punched and die. Yeah, yeah, it's it's got some good action in it. Um, I want to rank this then, just like in my where I'm looking at this movie, because I, you know, people are going to ask me what I thought of it. This is a good movie. It's not the best thing DC's put out, but it's damn sure not the worst thing DC's put out. So I rank it like this: like I've got BVS, Man of Steel, Wonder Woman, Zack Snyder's Justice League, top four, in that order, best thing DC's put out movie wise. Everything else after that, all the Suicide Squads, like all these other movies, uh, um, Harley Quinn, like those movies were okay, but they weren't the best for me. Black Adam is above all those movies. Wonder Woman 84, even Aquaman. Like Aquaman's just a tick below those, but but like Black Adam's above all those. So below the top four, I'm putting Black Adam at number five. Maybe it's recency bias. Maybe I need to see it again to, to analyze it a little more. But I really enjoyed my viewing last night. I came out with a smile on my face. And once again, the end with Henry Cavill probably had a lot to do with that. Um, but all in all, while there were problems with this movie where I feel like I wanted, we talked about, we wanted more of Just Society. I like where this movie left me with possibilities moving forward. You know, and I'm hoping, like Ross says, they do something with this because they can and they can have a really, really good uh, future moving forward with this. And I think they set themselves up well with a big name like. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, bringing back Henry Cavill, having new characters introduced, and I mean it's it's a win win for everybody if they make the right make the right moves going forward. So for me, I'm going to put it right below the Zack Snyder stuff, like fifth. It's better than most of the other stuff they've come out with in DC after Zack Snyder. Question: What's up? Would you still believe the same if that mid credit scene didn't exist? I think so. To be honest with you, I would. I mean, I, I I don't know if I would feel as good. Um, I mean, having that definitely gives me a brighter look to the future. But but even minus that, I I still think it was a pretty good movie. Like, I'm fighting with this one in Aquaman being like, you know, that next spot because 
I felt kind of like I felt walking out of Aquaman and I did with this one. Like, wow, I really enjoyed what I saw. There were some problems, but I like what I see in this and I see a future. I didn't get that out of Wonder Woman 84, Suicide Squad, Harley Quinn, any of that stuff. They were okay movies, but I didn't get any of that, any of that out of there. So like I said, for me, this one's fighting right now with Aquaman for being that fifth spot, but I think it could probably take it. But I need to watch Aquaman again to, to make a fair adjustment. I know I didn't ask you all this. It's kind of blind, but just do you all have an idea of where it might sit for y'all? I put it at six. Put it at six? Yeah. Are your top four the same top four as mine? Yes. Okay. But I think I like Aquaman better than Black Adam. Okay. That's fair. And, and and I may come to that conclusion if I do a viewing of Aquaman again. But um, they're almost the same movie for me as far as excitement. Mm -hmm. So it's right there at it. Ross? I'm not sure that I've watched Aquaman. Really? You should check it Sorry. out. Do you have homework? You have homework. <laughs> it, it was a pretty good one. <laughs> it was it was better than, than I had originally anticipated. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I've seen, and it's probably too much from other movies, Um just bits and pieces of it through like so much of the other stuff that went through it. Cause that was a Justin Lin movie, I think. And I think I watched like the behind the scenes and some other stuff that went with it. Um, I don't like, I like man of steel. I thought that was a really good movie. BVS like Greg I mean you've always made great points about it but I mean I think Man of Steel is probably the DC wise to probably the top of it I get that uh all the Justice League movies were still kind of too soon for me because like, I, I I like the building aspect so I like the other movies mm -hmm. I mean this was I don't have a very good ranking system when it comes to DC movies I hear you. Well, let me ask you this then. Did yeah. you like it better than the squad movies and Harley Quinn? Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, the Harley Quinn movie was interesting because it was like, a, I felt like that was an extended universe movie. I felt like yeah, that was like its own take. Mm -hmm. uh, as much as the suicide squad movies also feel like that, but yeah, um, it was, it was a much better open to close movie than those movies for sure. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like there was necessary more that you needed. I th I was left wanting, but you didn't need uh, from open to close. You didn't need anything. Right. It told its own little story. And you know what I just thought about? And I realized is uh, I didn't even include the Batman in my listing of movies. Uh, I need to put that in the ranking because I guess technically there's DCEU. But that's how that's how different that movie feels for me. Like that movie feels like a completely different universe than these yeah. movies. And I get it, you know, it's supposed to, but like it feels totally out of place. Not saying it's a bad movie, but it feels totally out of place in this universe. It doesn't bring I the comic book feeling into it. I can't yeah. compare it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, I just feel like it's different categories. Mm -hmm. It's just like different classifications. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I, said, I, I don't just, it's like Joker. Yeah. Same way with Joker. Yeah. So, totally I was going to say that's when we were describing last week, uh, talking about She-Hulk. That's like the way I feel about like that, you know, because it's being a comedy and everything else. Like it feels so far like out, not so far out of the MCU, but it just feels so different than like other stuff they produced. And like Batman's a prime example. The Batman is a good movie. Like yeah. it's a good uh, open to close, you know, where they call a year two Batman movie. But at the same time, like it's not, it's not what you're a part of in the rest of it. And that's why I say like, I hate using 
the term Snyderverse or the Zack Snyder, whatever. Like, it, like that's what DC was aiming for because that's what they they put their eggs in that basket. This had more of that feeling. Mm-hmm. I like all the characters. I like I like who they choose for all these people. You know, I mean, like you're right. Like the casting has been pretty damn on point. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman eighty four. Yeah. You know, like that trying to tell a story that I don't think anyone was ready for, you know, like Patty's made some good stuff, but that was, that was a fluke. That one was rough. I really think that's really screwed up, you know, Rogue squadron on top of some other things, but that's more background, deeper knowledge. So Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. That's like I said, with the Batman, you know, I was having the same discussion with my buddy last night because he loves the Batman movie, which is great because it is a good movie. I can see why people love it, you know, um, but I, I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I've tried rewatching that movie about three times, and I have to turn it off every time I'm, I'm rewatching. I just I just it's not. I don't know what it is. It's just like I'm just like uh, I'm not as interested in this as I should be. Like so when I turn tries on, to do a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. If you I mean, really it's a good break story. it down, it does a lot of things. Yeah, it's a good story, and I'm really excited for the future of this that universe. Like I want to see what happens, you know, moving forward with this Batman. But just something about it, like I'm just. I'm still more loyal to this connected, connected bendy fingers, DC universe um, than I am that stuff that's kind of outside of it, you know? So Mm -hmm. I'm still going to give Batman a chance. I still enjoy it. It's just, I still am yet to be able to rewatch the whole thing from beginning to end without like stopping it to go do something because I'm like, oh, well, I'm not as invested in this movie as I think I should be, you know? I don't know, but different takes for everybody. We've rambled for a while. Y'all got anything else about Black Adam? Any final points? Give it a shot. See what you think. I, I mean, agree. The Rock has rightfully been championing this thing for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he's able to do more with it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully DC's able to do more with all of this. <laughs> um, and who cares if comic book characters kill people? Agreed. Death happens. Death happens. When you have <laughs> battles, death happens. I agree. I can't wait to start tackling people online about this. I almost did this morning. I was like, nah, I don't want to get involved in this quite yet. Let me do the review first. Oh, one last point I wanted to make. Because this is funny. What was his name? Tef Adams? All right. So I was told. So like, they're calling him Tef Adams the whole time. And then like at the very end, he's like, I need something that's a little more modern. So instead of Tef, call me black. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> Sir. Like, <laughs> like, like, how is that more modern? Like, who, like, that was the only thing I was thinking. It was like, Tef is actually pretty close to Jeff, which would actually be more modern. You know, it's like your last name is Adam. Like, like, that's pretty modern, you know, like, but they change it to be more modern from Tef to black. And I was like, well, I get is black Adam is the character, but like saying to do it to be more modern or like to be more of the times, I was like, that's not really. That was a bad, bad explanation for that. Should have been like this. Why don't what you I just to stick it. with Adam? I mean, like I know it was five thousand years ago, but it still has like biblical reference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I just thought that was funny. He's like, I'm gonna change it from Tef to Black. Be more modern. I'm like, okay, gotcha. <laughs> no, no problem. It's like, we can't use master. We can't use you know, like slave. You can't say yeah. black. You can't do like you know. You gotta stop with all of that. But all right, well, let's go ahead and get out of here. Then that was a. Uh, Great movie. I had a good time with it. Uh, of course, it had its problems, but I would recommend everybody go see it. I think it's uh, if you enjoy the DC universe, you'll enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was 
better than a lot of the stuff that they put out. So that way, it's a good revival for them to come back to theaters and have it have a decent movie. I think. So, what was the last one we got? The last one we got was the Batman, which was killer. It was a great movie, but it wasn't like I said. I don't feel like it's part of this universe, and I feel like a lot of people would feel the same way. It's kind of adjacent to this universe. Mm-hmm. So, let's get out of here. Mm. Sarah, where can they find Do you? Do it to it. <laughs> You can find me on the Twitter at my lady kitten. I'm just kind of bounce around. Yep. <laughs> been lately all up in the, like I said, the Panther tweets. But other than that, that's just where we live in. Yeah. A lot of Panthers news to tweet about, too. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. Uh, Ross, where you find it, buddy? Uh, working those obliques for those freaks. There you go. <laughs> right, y'all. Correct. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at the Bat Daddy Fifty Two is my personal handle. Check out at GCS Podcast One is the show handle. We're here every Friday at nine PM Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. You can catch the audio on any podcatcher of your choice. I usually put the audio out immediately after the show, especially covering shows that the new one comes out the next day. Um, but give us a like, give us a review, share with a friend, put some comments in the chat if you come into the chat. Uh, and we do try to uh, interact with the chat room as you go. So if you want to be part of the show, come check us out. But uh, until next week, y'all keep pounding. Bye, guys. Later.